NASCAR on air for Fan for Racing's NASCAR Race Review. And tonight, uh, I'm excited, we're reviewing the Daytona Road Course for all three of NASCAR's top series. So that's uh, the Camping World Truck Series, the Xfinity Series, as well as the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, and in our first half hour, we will give some updates from the ARCA Menard Series to include the ARCA East and the ARCA West. So uh, stay tuned for that. At 9 o'clock joining us is Christian Eckes with Thorsport Racing. Uh, he had his first race with Thorsport uh, this weekend on the Daytona Road Course and came home with a top 10 finish. So definitely looking forward to talking with uh, Christian Eckes during that 9 o'clock half hour. Then after that, we'll get into all three series, the truck series, the Xfinity series, as well as the NASCAR Cup series and the and the review of all three of those races. 10 o'clock is our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off. And just before that, we transition from our review show to our NASCAR Hot Topic Show, we do have a... A, um, a an announcement to make. Announcement to make. So stay tuned for an announcement just before Hot Topics tonight. It's kind of exciting for our fans racing crew, and definitely looking forward to that. Right now, though, I want to. I don't know what happened. I was just going to bring in our co-host Sal Segala, and I'm not sure what happened, but here he is. He's back again. I was hoping he was going to call back, and there he is, Sal Segal. Welcome to the show. Hello. Yeah, Sal. Can you hear me? You know what? I'm having trouble with my with my headset. Let me see if it'll work. Okay. 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 I brought you into the show here. The show here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Okay, I'm not sure if Sal can hear me. Okay, he dropped again, and we're going to try to bring him in again. While we're uh, looking for him to call back in, uh, I'm going to get into the Arca Menard series <laughs> while I try to keep an eye on on him coming back into the show. Uh, the Arca Menard series is not racing this weekend, uh, but they do have some races coming up here uh, at the... Uh, upcoming weekend, and on our Thursday night show, we will have an ARCA East driver that will be joining us. Daniel Dye with Ben Kennedy Racing uh, will be on the show, and he'll help us preview the race at Five Flags Speedway. So uh, we'll definitely be looking forward to that. Uh, now then, let me look at uh, the ARCA Menard Series and when those next races will be taking place. Uh, the, the race at Five Flag Speedway next week is on Saturday, February the 27th. It will be live at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And if you've got the track pass uh, coverage on NBC Gold, you'll be able to watch the live streaming of that race. If not, then set your DVR for Thursday, March the 4th, because that race, uh, the delayed broadcast, 
will be on Thursday, March the 4th at 4 p.m. Eastern, Eastern Time. You'll be and able to watch be able that, to watch point. that that point. So I'm going to try again so to bring South Gala into the queue here. 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 Are you there? Are you there? Hello, Sal. Can you hear Hello, me? Hello, Sal. Can you hear me? Oh, what's going on with Sal? Uh, he's going to try to call back in here, I guess, and, and we'll see if we can't uh, get him into the show here. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, but that definitely uh, tune in for that race. Five Flags Speedway, for those of you who don't know, that's where they race the Snowball Derby. And I was hoping to have Sal on here for that because he goes to the Snowball Derby and uh, has been there quite a few times now, and I wanted to get his thoughts about that racetrack. Uh, but then, too, keep in mind that the Arkham and Art Series will be racing on March to Friday night, uh, and they're racing at Phoenix Raceway. That race will be televised on MAV-TV at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. So uh, you definitely want to check that race out as well. Now, also on March the 12th, uh, that is the Phoenix opener. Phoenix is the opener for the Arkham and Art Series West. So they'll be racing with the Arkham and Art Series in that race uh, as their season opener. So there's actually going to be points paid out for the Arkham and Art Series as well as for the... um, uh, Arca West. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So uh, that's where we are with that right now. The Arca Menard series right now only has the one series, um, or two series actually, because the Arca East has also raced. Uh, Corey Hine was the winner of the Arca race that took place at Daytona International Speedway. And, of course, he leads the series point standings at this point uh, with that win. Right behind him, just four points behind him, is Drew Dollar. Then you've got Brett Holmes, last year's uh, ARCA champion, uh, seven points behind in third place. Uh, The guy who won has his very first race in the Xfinity Series, Ty Gibbs is in the uh, fourth place, and he's just eight points back. Uh, Again, these points are real tight because there's only one race in the books. Sal, can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm I'm good to go. It doesn't have technical difficulties. Where are we at? Okay, I was just going through the uh, Arkham and Art Series point standings. Uh, I just got through the fourth place person there. And uh, I was just going to hit on the fifth place. Uh, so far, there's Corey Heim, Drew Dollar, Brett Holmes, Ty Gibbs, and then Kyle Sieg, who's the younger brother of Ryan Sieg, is the driver that rounds out the top five there, uh, explaining that the points are really, really close because really there's just the one race in the book so far for that series. But that's how the points stand at this stage of the game. Okay. Uh mm-hmm. Any All right, I guess just keep going you? on with it. Okay, no, not, not really much drivers. thoughts. Yeah, yeah I, I oh, really okay, didn't follow ahead. the uh, – no, I really didn't follow much of the Arkham Menards uh, race because I think when did we have – the last one we had, wasn't it last week at Daytona? 
We were at Daytona last week. I'm just giving the updates for those people that might have missed it. We're just doing updates during the first half hour. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Sharon. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't get a schedule, so I didn't. I didn't know. That's why I was wondering where where that came from. But okay. Well, that's been our schedule for several years now. Uh, anyway, why not? In, in the numbers, <laughs> in the number six position <laughs> is <laughs> you know it's true, right? No, I know. It's true. <laughs> okay. In okay. the sixth position was Derek Lancaster. In uh, seventh was Tanner Gray. Ninth place is Jack Wood. Tenth is Sean Core. So that rounds out your top ten in the Arkham Menard series, which is one race in the books at Daytona International Speedway last week. So... Uh, any you don't have many thoughts about it, but uh, I'll tell you, it's really yeah, good to oh, see Corey oh. Heim come home with that victory. But go ahead, Sal. Yeah, Did it you was. You know, to say? No, no, I was going to say the same thing. Good to see Corey Heim come home with the with the uh, victory. Matter of fact, I did I did see this race. I didn't know we were going back that far, but um, you know, and, and actually Jack Wood is uh is one of our um he he cut his teeth over here in the West series, uh. Not last year, but like two years before, he he ran a couple full seasons at um out here at uh for his for his team called it was called Velocity Racing, and I think it was a cell phone team. I think his dad owned the team, but then I know now he oh, jumped cool. on with um, like, I think he jumped on GNS, isn't it, or um, Venturini, one of the two. I know he jumped on with okay. them. Signed up this year. I'd have to see so, the car number, and they don't have that. Yeah, it was a vet. It was it was vet. It was Venturini that I remember. Oh, okay. I remember Very I talked cool. to him. He was, yeah, he was at the he was at the All Star Show at not the showdown, but he was at the last race last year at, at Kern. Um, Brad oh, Holmes okay. back up there tight. Then look at Ty Gibbs. I finished. know. Good solid fourth finished. Fourth finish right there. And he's full time this year. Ty Gibbs is full time this year in the ARCA series. Yeah, he's 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 gonna be, he's really gonna be one to watch. Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm so. sure we'll get into that later. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But <laughs> just talk about this race, this race alone. You know, yep. and uh, um, it's good to see uh, Kyle Sieg, the son of uh, Ryan Sieg. You know, also you know he's with the, the, with the uh, brother, younger brother. Brother, top five finish right there. So that's. That's um okay. I'm ready. Okay, very cool. Now Corey Heim, the the race winner at Daytona, uh, he was good. I was trying to get him on the show for our winner circle, and the earliest that we could schedule him is for Monday, March the eighth. So, so Corey Heim's going to come on the show. Uh, and talk about that victory. That will be before they go to Phoenix. So uh, we'll be able to catch him before that next race at Phoenix for the Arkham and Art Series. So watch for Corey Heim again, 8.40 p.m. Eastern Time on March the 8th. Uh, He will be joining us on this uh, Fan for Racing radio show So to talk about his Daytona win. So, so with that, let's go ahead and move over to the ARCA East because the ARCA West hasn't had their season opener yet, um, but the East has. They raced at New Smyrna, and then next week they're going to be racing at Five Flags Speedway. And I was saying a little bit earlier uh, that you've gone to Five Flags Speedway to see the Snowball Derby there. 
and this is going to be kind of cool because one of the guys um, that uh, has done well at Five Flags Speedway uh, is um, Daniel Dye, and he is going to be on the show this Thursday night. So uh, we'll be talking to him about race here at Five Flags Speedway as well. I think he came in runner-up. Did he come in runner-up at this last Snowball Derby? No, he wasn't runner-up. Uh, gosh, I forget who was runner-up, but it wasn't. It wasn't Daniel. He's um he's he's one of the regulars though. You know the races. You know in that you know out there in that in that part of the mm-hmm. in that uh that neck of the woods. So I yeah. mean he's he's got a lot of he's got a lot of he's got a lot of uh um experience out there. You know at a uh, Five Flag Speedway, and it's 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 nice. I'm, I'm glad that they're that they're um that they're hitting the uh you know that speedway because that speedway is really it is it's it's just really a um uh 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 what do you call track. it just really a um, good track. I actually finished fourteenth. Derek Thorne finished second in the Derby this year. Oh okay. Okay. I got that yeah, something. Okay. But that's a good but thing you, but you, die. And oh yeah and I think the reason field. you got it I think the reason he might have got it mixed up a little bit is because him and Derek were both in the 43 car. Oh, okay. Okay, thank you. So one you, was 43 Sal, T, the, the other one was 43 D. <laughs> See, so I, 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 I got your back, sure, don't worry. <laughs> thank you, Sal. I appreciate that. And by the way, it's so good to have you back on air with us. I know we had uh, Jay actually uh, stood in for you last week, and then Andy was the co-host on Thursday last week. So we did kind of a little uh, scramble there uh, for our, our first week back, but uh, uh, it's really good to have you back with us now. Thank you. You know, I missed it. I really wanted to be on last week, you know, just because of, you know, the you know the, the Daytona 500 and, and all that, but we were mm-hmm. celebrating our, our first year anniversary at um, – you know, yes. so I I couldn't make it, but I, I I really did miss last week's show. Yeah, well, we missed you too, and and congratulations on that first year anniversary uh, between you and Sandy, and uh, we wish you both the very best as you continue uh, to share your life together. So I think it's really cool. Okay, let's go ahead and get into the top ten here in the ARCA East series again. Series again, they only have one race in the books, so the points are really tight right now. But just to give you an idea of where they are after that first race that took place at New Smyrna Speedway, uh, not last weekend, but the weekend before, Max Gutierrez <laughs> came home as the winner. That was such an exciting finish to watch. Sammy Smith came in second. Uh, then it was Taylor Gray and Mason Diaz and Joey East rounding out the top five. The next five drivers were Daniel Dye in sixth, Colt Hensley in seventh, Brandon Oakley in eighth, Parker Retzlaff in ninth, and Willie Mullins rounding out the top ten there. So. Yeah, that was uh, you know that was pretty neat you know to see uh, uh, to see um, Willie Mullins you know um, uh, take place in the ARCA because usually we see him. We're used to seeing his team, you know, in, in the in the Arkham Menard series, you know, mm-hmm. you know, since mm-hmm. you know since they since he does, and you know they participated, you know, in the um, in the East race with, you know, it, it was it kind of made it kind of made sense because New Smyrna is only, gosh, maybe half hour, fifteen twenty yeah, minutes really from, from 
from Daytona. Yeah, it's really super yeah. close. So, but it was good to see Max Max get the win, and then of course you know Sammy Smith, you know pick up that second place, and the and the Grays, you know since they um they uh what happened Maybe during the flip. off season was yeah well well the the um, grandfather. Um, basically took over half ownership of, of David Gilliland Racing. So instead of it being DGR Crossley, now it's just David Gilliland Racing. So mm-hmm. basically the Grays, Taylor and Tanner, both have seats for, you know, for, you know, basically as long as they want to, you know, as long as they want to race. But it's good to see the Gray brothers, you know, get up in there and get in the mix and, you know, get some good finishes. Yes, without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, and and we're still trying to get Max Gutierrez on the show as well. Uh, I, I, I put out a couple feelers there to see if we can't get Max on the show at some point. I'm sure he's a busy guy, uh, but uh, it was really fun to see him get that victory, and he brings an international player to the ARCA East, so I think that's cool as well. Oh yeah, in 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 any time you can bring a you know a you know a, a um, you know a, I don't know why they use the word minority because they're not minorities, but any time you know you bring a, another ethnicity into a series and yeah. they catch a win like that on a on a big stage, you know it's all it's always good for the series. You know what? It, and um, you know as as we're seeing more and more, you know NASCAR is taking that stand. So you know it's good to see him you know grab that win. Yes, indeed. Uh, now, you know what was really cool about this past weekend, though, and how it relates to Arkansas. All three of the drivers that won in the trucks, in the Xfinity, and in the Cup Series are former Arca Racing Series uh, drivers. Yeah, that's right. You know, I didn't, I didn't even, I didn't even really, you know, think about that. But yeah, you know, you are right about that. You know, and it was. Um, you know, this past weekend, you know, like you said, you know, there's some good racing, you know, on the road course. But going back to the Arkham and RV series, it's going to be a tough series this year. You know, you got Joey East, yeah. who's from yep. over here. You know, you know, he's also racing. Uh, uh, he's he's got a few races with the West Series this year over here too. And and I've I've been able to see watch him race. He 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 comes from up north a little bit, about six seven hours from here. So. He's uh he's getting Jack a lot Wood of uh, a lot of seat race. time. Jack Wood was in that see, race um, as well, so. Yeah, oh yeah, Jack was in there. And actually um Joey does a lot of uh dirt racing too. A lot of a lot of uh sprint car racing. Okay. So that's kind of cool to see some guys from the west uh, taking part in this Arca East uh series this year. It's not the first yes, time we've seen is. that. But uh, it's always fun to know that we've got people from all over the country. Even though it's it's listed as the Mark Arkham and Art Series East, that's where most of the races take place. Uh, but uh, it, you have drivers from everywhere that are taking part in those uh, events. Okay, now I mentioned earlier, Sal, that the ARCA West has not had their season opener yet, but on March the 12th, they're going to be racing along with the ARCA Menard Series at Phoenix, uh, Internet, Phoenix Raceway, and uh, there's going to be two different points-paying systems in place there. Uh, the ARCA drivers are going to get their points for the ARCA Series, and then the West drivers will get their points for the West. 
So that will be the Arco West season opener on March the 12th out at Phoenix. Are you going to be able to be out there for that? I don't know, Sharon. You know what? It's um, I I don't know how how NASCAR is. I mean, I could probably get out there just for that, just for the you know the East race, but I'm not sure. It's 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 a seven hour drive just to go for that one race, and I just can't see going out there for that one race if gotcha. I can't stay for the whole weekend. But you know, but no, it, I, it, I I'm, I'm glad you know, but but I'm glad that NASCAR you know finally went back you know to you know starting the season at Phoenix and ending at Phoenix because we we that, that used to be our our schedule and then of course you know then they changed it you know um a few years back you know they went like two years mm-hmm. without racing in phoenix and then they picked it back up again so um it, it's yeah. it, it's good for the drivers you know what it's good experience on that one mile track it is without a doubt very good experience and uh uh i think that uh the arco west series uh, should be pretty competitive again this year as well uh, do you have you heard any news about who some of the drivers are going to be in that Arco West South? Well, uh, Bill McNally, he's already made his announcement, which is going to be Cole Moore and um, uh, Jesse Love is coming back. You know to, oh, to defend his title from last year, and then um, this year for uh, um, Bob Rucati, he hasn't made the announcement yet, but Trevor Huddleston decided to come back and. Um, and hmm. race with Bob Riccati. And actually, Dean Thompson is going to take the second seat over there at um, at, uh, at um, Sunrise with the Sunrise 4 team. I was trying to get Dean on the show this week. Actually, I wanted to get him on last last season, our last show, because he, he was a California State champion. He was the SRL Southwest Tour Rookie of the Year, and he also won the, the Erndale, um Late Model Championship. But um, it looks mm. like I'm going to try and push to get him on next year, and hopefully next year, next week, and hopefully he'll be able to make the announcement you know, that he'll be because um, he's he's competing full time this year in the um, back with the SRL series. So I'm hoping he can give us some news on the um, you know on the uh, on the Arkham Menards West series. Okay, and what was his first name, Sal? Brian. Dean Dean Thompson. Dean. Oh, Dean, Dean Thompson. Dean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got Thompson. him we, we had in, him on. so let me know when, yeah. when you've got him confirmed. Oh, yeah. We had him on uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, gosh, I think we had him on when he won his first when he won his first uh, late model race. He went back-to-back that weekend at Orendale, and I remember we had him on the show. So I talked to him a couple weekends ago, you know, when I came back on. He said, just let him know, you know, so, he, you know, so I'll give him a text this week. And uh, it, it, it's been a hard week to try and get anybody because with my work schedule, you know, then just getting back from vacation, you know, then just getting back in the groove. So right, right. Hopefully, yeah, so so, so hopefully, hopefully, I I mean, you, you can almost pencil him in. If I know Dean, he'll, 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 he'll be good to go. He'll be good to go. Yes, yeah. I think so, too. He better be good to uh, go. But just... Just let me know. (laughs) Exactly. Just let me know once you have him confirmed, uh, and then we'll we'll take it from there. But uh, uh, yeah, I'll definitely look forward to talking to him uh, on the show next week, Uh, and I hope that does work out. Now, um, is there anything else that you think we should mention about the Arco West? Are there any other drivers that you're aware of? 
you know, there's not really much going on with the Arca West. It's, um, it's, I don't know. It's, I haven't really heard any other teams that are possibly racing. So it, I don't, I don't think it's going to be as competitive as the, um, as the Arca East, but, um, you know, you never know, you know, until the teams get out there and they start racing, you know, and get out on the tracks. But Colmore right. is really going to be a driver. Colmore racing with Bill McAnally racing. He is going to be really somebody to watch. Colmore is really going to put on mm-hmm. a heck of a show out there. And, and, and I know he's going to be out there gunning, gunning for that championship along with Trevor Huddleston. So, um, yeah, we, we got, we got a couple of good, uh, a couple of good, um, uh, stuff to look forward to next year with the, this year with the Arca West. Okay. So, um, let me see here. It says Arca. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's the Arca series drivers. I was looking to see if we had a list of who the ARCA drivers are. Uh, again, that race is Friday, March the 12th. Uh, it's a one-mile paved trioval in Avondale, Arizona. The race should start at about 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. They'll be running 150 laps at Phoenix Raceway, and it will be televised. If you've got uh, MAV-TV, it looks like you'll be able to watch that on Map TV as well as uh, the live streaming that will be on on Track Pass, and then of course MSNBC, uh, I believe, also has a. Uh, uh, maybe they don't. No, there is no MSNBC coverage because it is on Map TV, so there's no delayed coverage. Uh, so if you've got Map TV, make sure you set your DVRs for that race. Because uh, it's going to be a fun one. Okay, now Sal, coming up is uh, our guest Christian Eckes, uh, and I'm so proud of him. He raced with uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports last year, and uh, actually, he had uh, in 30, 23 of the 23 races, he's had seven top fives. He had 11 top uh, tens, and. Uh, he ended up eighth in the series point standings last year. Uh, you know, Christian Eckes was also the 2019 uh, Arkham Menard Series champion. He made a move from Kyle Busch Motorsports uh, from last year. He's now racing uh, a part-time schedule this year with Thor Motorsports. He's going to be sharing time with uh, Grant Enfinger in the number 98 truck. And his first race was this weekend with uh, that number 98 truck on the Daytona road course, and he came home with a top 10 finish. So uh, that's not a bad way to start off your year. It's not, and also don't forget, he's also a 2016 Snowball Derby winner too. That's right. You're absolutely right. Uh, He has a a Snowball Derby win. Yes, he did. And uh, I think that was, 2016, am I am I right about that? 2016, he won yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it was 2016 when he won it. Okay, so so a lot of success for Christian Eckes, and uh, well, as I mentioned earlier, the 2019 uh, Arkham Series champion, uh, racing with Kyle Busch Motorsports last year, and now racing with Thor Sport Racing, sharing that number 98 truck with uh, uh, the driver, also an Arkham Menard Series champion, uh, Grant Ginfinger, 
uh, in this season. And I believe Christian has 10 races that he's going to be racing uh, with Thor Sport this year. And uh, uh, he's got the first one in the books with that top 10 finish. So pretty exciting there. So right now I'm going to go ahead and bring him in the queue. He is here. And uh, we're going to talk with uh, Christian Eckes now. First of all, Christian, congratulations on your uh, uh, top ten finish out there on the Daytona Road Course. Yeah, thank you. Uh, glad to be on the show. By the way, I appreciate you guys having me on. But yeah, it was uh, it was an okay. Uh, I guess it was Friday night. Now um, we were. I'm not too much of a, a road racer by by any means. Um, so to come with a, a top ten. Um, after the, the day we had was was definitely uh, a good thing. It, it definitely was because the competition is uh, pretty feisty in the, in the NASCAR Truck Series, and uh, it ended up kind of being a race of attrition. Uh, but yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, it was good seat time for you, I'm sure, in a truck on the road course. And uh, uh, talk about... Uh, Talk about racing the road course and the competition in the truck series. Yeah, no, the competition is is pretty pretty stout in the truck series. Really, the last two years, um, it always has been, but I felt like it kind of ramped up uh, last year, and I feel like it's ramped up even more this year. You know, there's countless teams that keep getting added. Um, you know, whatever the, the I think the 24 and a couple other teams um, that are, are quality trucks are all on the field now, so. Uh, makes it challenging for sure, and, and it's it's uh, really hard to win races nowadays. So um, it's just a it's fun part. It's fun to be a part of the series, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. Okay, well, you have ten races that you're racing with Grant Infinger. Both of you are Arkham Menard mm-hmm. Series champions, and um, uh, you know, talk about your transition into Thor Sport racing. Because last year you you were racing with Kyle Busch Motorsports, yeah, uh, and now you've come over to Thor Sports, still with Toyota though, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed the, the the switch so far. Um, you know, I was definitely a little bit let down with with what happened uh, that that ended my tenure at Kyle Busch Motorsports, but um, you know, it's it's a business, and I understand that. And, COVID uh, definitely had some something to play in it, but you know, in the same aspect, yeah. it's uh, it's really I'm honored to be with with Thor Sport Racing. Um, our first race went uh, pretty well, like I said, and you know, it's a historic race team. It's it's been around forever, and, and their trucks are, are really really good. So, looking forward to the opportunity to not uh, necessarily chase points. Um, you know, obviously we have an owners championship on the line, and I feel like me and Grant can achieve, um, but I feel like we're kind of in the both. Uh, in a mindset of, you know, we don't really have to worry about points this year and, and making the playoffs as drivers and worrying about that. We can just kind of have fun and uh, go for wins. So uh, I'm just really looking forward to the rest of the year, like I said. Okay. Now joining me tonight is our co-host, Salsi Gala, and I know he has some questions for you as well, Christian, so I'm going to yeah. pass the uh, mic over to him. Cool. First of all, Christian, I want to th- – yeah, I'm here. First of all, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, you know, making yeah, the transition no from you know from 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 the super late, you know, into the of course, you know, into the trucks, you know, the college motorsports, you know, then kind of going playing back and forth. How how hard is it to yeah. you know to to kind of get 
you know, focus, you know, when you're, when you're running trucks and then all of a sudden, you know, they throw in a, uh, uh, an SLM race. Yeah. You know, it, it's pretty challenging. Um, you know, different things drive way differently. And, you know, luckily I've been able to be with some really great teams over the years that have kind of helped the transition back and forth for sure. But, um, you know, the cars are so different with how much they weigh and, and how much, uh, the aero aspect is involved in trucks and everything like that. So, uh, it's definitely been a, a little bit of a challenge over the years, but I feel like I've navigated it pretty well. So what's it like, you know, what are we, we're five, actually five years later, four years later, four or five years later, you know, being a, an ex snowball derby champion. Um, how much does this still weigh on, on your, um, you know, as, as far as, you know, your outlook, you know, on, on you know, on, on where you're headed to in your career. Yeah, you know, it's definitely up there. Um, I feel, I still feel like it really hasn't set in um, fully. You know, everybody always told me like, oh, you want it too, you want it too soon. It was my second year trying it. You need to, you need to lose the race a couple of times before you can really appreciate the, the full gravity of what the race is. And, um, you know, the first year I won it, Chase Elliott won it. Then the year after Kyle Busch won it. So, you know, it's been really cool to, to see the race and how it's kind of gone along over the years. And um, it's something that I'll definitely uh, really be grateful and, and um, proud of for the rest of my life. You know, and, and actually I was at that race and, and I was at a few of them. So I talked to a lot of the past champions and that race, I mean, you had to get through, not only did you have to get through John Hunter Imachek, but you had to get through, through Tyma Jeskew finally, who basically put his time in, you know, getting second, second, yeah. you know, getting mm-hmm. wrecked, you know, and finally, finally got his win this, this, uh, you know, this, um, this year. But I mean, you know, when, when you look back at who you raced against, I mean, Zane Smith, Noah Gregson, of course, Grant Ainfinger and Casey Roderick, who's always been one of the top drivers out there at five legs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the snowball is, is definitely a challenging race. I feel like Ty's probably should have won that thing last uh, three years or so, but um, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a cool race and hopefully I can get back down there one of these days to race. So going back into the trucks again this year, you know, you're now, you know, now you're with yep. another team. How, how hard is it mm-hmm. to make the transition, you know, from working with Kyle all season, you know, to kind of going to a part-time season this year? Yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely different. Um, you know, it's a different atmosphere. Um, I feel like, you know, kind of Thor sports, you know, it's just a bunch of racers. Um, that's kind of what I'm used to in a way um, compared to what KBM was. And, uh, you know, it's been a lot of fun to make the transition. Obviously, you know, it's different. You know, there's a lot of new people. Um, you know, I was with Kyle Busch Motorsports for four years and kind of knew everybody in the shop, but now it's kind of a learning transition of trying to meet everybody and build relationships. But you know, overall, I, I'm really, really happy with, with how the transition's gone so far and um, happy to be with that team. So before this past weekend's uh, road course race over at uh, at at um, Daytona, how, how many how many other races have you raced on the road course? That would actually be my second road course race ever. Uh, I ran the, the Daytona road course last year, uh, and that was my first road course race um, in a stock car. I ran maybe like one or two legend car races before that, but, yeah, I'm really uh, inexperienced when it comes to road courses. 
I'll tell you, this past weekend, it looked like it really looked like you had a lot of experience out there, and you know, to get that finish you got was was pretty crazy. But um, and with that, I'm yeah, it didn't, over didn't feel like it. <laughs> I was lost, but <laughs> the truck was fast. <laughs> it was a good. You put on a good show, especially like Sharon said, for all the, you know, for just all the action that was going on out there. You know, to avoid everything, you know, still get up there. You know, that that's a testament in itself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. you started. Uh, you started what in sixteenth place, and uh, ended up in tenth. Yeah. So uh, that that was pretty cool. Uh, now I want to talk a little bit here too. You've got ten races. One's in the book already. What are your next yep. races with our sport? So um, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think I go to Vegas and then Kansas as of right now. Um, some of them are still a little bit tentative, um, but you know, in the same aspect, I kind of know a direction on where I'm going for whatever I guess the next three months. So, get to focus and get prepared for Vegas and Kansas so far. Okay, and both of those are uh, uh, 1.5 mile tracks. So, how are you mm-hmm. feeling about that? You you raced I feel good. tracks last year, right? Yeah, I've raced. Kansas, uh, we ran it three times last year, and I ran it once in the ARCA car, um, and then Vegas, I've run probably the most truck races I've ran at a racetrack. Um, I think I've ran four races at Can- or at Vegas, so um, I'd say they're probably two of my better tracks. I think I finished third there in 2019. I finished second at Kansas last year, so it's definitely one of my better racetracks. Both of them are. So I'm definitely uh, looking forward to it. Okay. That sounds like we should look forward to that too. Uh, <laughs> now you had uh, Curb Records is, is with the team, and you had Dylan Scott on your hood, uh, on your deck lid uh, this past yeah. weekend. But you also had a new sponsor with Protect the Harvest. Tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. them. Yeah. So, um you know, they're they're kind of you know protecting farmers and uh, they're all about farmers so it's been cool to to work with them um, that's that's a Thor Sport uh, you know sponsor and stuff like that so it's been cool to learn about them and um, yeah okay so uh, it was really I, I thought they're, they're, you're, you had them on your hood and uh, it really kind of stood out so I thought that would be kind of cool to talk about. Um, and then also you're you're uh, you, you're working with is this a new coochie uh, for you or is, uh, Mr. Prince is he new for you or is he somebody that you've worked with before? Yeah, he's new for us um, as a '98. He was the Crafton's uh, or Crafton's uh, truck chief for I guess like the That's last right. uh, was... man the 20 years or something. So. He's got a couple championships under his belt um, as far as the, uh, whatever you want to call it, truck chief side, but nothing is a uh, crew chief yet. He crew chiefed, um, I think, for a couple years and probably the early 2010s, but um, this is probably his first uh, full bore attempt at uh, a full-time truck series ride. Okay, so when when Grant Infinger's in the truck, are you also at the track kind of uh, keeping up with the team and what's going on there and vice versa? 
Yeah. Um, so I'm not able to go to the racetrack yet. Uh, hopefully the COVID protocols kind of lighten up throughout the year and, and you know, the country gets in a little bit better spot as far as that for, uh, for me to come there. But, you know, as of right now, uh, just watching from home, you know, I got the NASCAR scanner app up and taking notes and trying to learn as much as I can and get used to the team. But, um, yeah, it's definitely a little bit of different. You know, I ran part-time with uh, KBM in 2019, uh, and I was able to come to most of the races. So a little bit of an adjustment for sure, but um, we're making uh, making do with what we got. Making the best of it. Um, and and uh, so it's got to be challenging as far as establishing your relationship with the team as well. I mean, you yeah, know, with no, your absolutely. crew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely was able to to get kind of a better relationship back in 2019, um, you know, by being at the racetrack. Um, but thankfully, I'm up in Ohio quite often and, and can spend some time with my crew guys up there. Okay, okay, so that's cool. Sal, did you have any other questions uh, for Christian before we let him go? Uh... Yeah, I just got a, a couple more. Um, Christian, how how, okay. how tough was it to uh, how tough was it to race? You know, you know, with 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 all the COVID protocols they had in place last year. Because I know a lot of, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're racing around your hometown, you know, you always, you know, you select to have yeah. your friends, your family around. And this year yeah. it was it was strange because not I mean, only a few photographers, only a few media people, no um, mm-hmm. no hoopla from the fans, you know, no driver introductions or no anything. Yeah, no, it's different for sure. You know, I felt like the biggest issue um, for me personally was was no practice. Um, and being a rookie and, and not being able to run many races, um, and really, you know, it was our first full-time effort with the team, uh, we never got to practice. Um, and I feel like Hobbish Motorsports' best attributes are, are practicing and getting our stuff better. Uh, we, we lack that aspect last year, so... It was definitely uh, a difference. You know, our first two races before the COVID stuff um, were really, really good and had good balance and everything like that. We could never really hit on it perfect um, from from then on because we didn't have practice. So definitely made it tough in that aspect. And, and yeah, you know, being at Pocono and not having the whole family in the, in the, uh, in the whatever you want to call it, in the stands, it was uh, different for sure. So how so how did so how did you prepare from race to race? Did you guys just just all get together at the office, you know, at the not the office, but at the shop, and just kind of try to go over, you know, what, you know, kind of what to look for in the truck, you know, when you first get out there, you know, with that, not having no practice or anything. Yeah, we utilized the simulator, um, you know, a good bit in Salisbury for TRD. Um, we were able to to use that a lot and get it as close as we humanly can by using the video game. So. Uh, it was definitely tough throughout the year, but you know we still did a, an okay job at it. But yeah, definitely uh, not as good as practicing. Hmm. Interesting. You know, Christian, I, I just want to wish you the best of luck. You know, the rest of the season. You know, coming in. You know, hopefully, you know, you get more rides, and and hopefully, we'll see you at the yeah. Snowball Derby in December. With that, I'm gonna turn it back over. <laughs> hopefully. To All right. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Okay, Christian. Uh, again, thank you so much for taking time to be on the show with us tonight. It's been uh, great chatting with you, and uh, we're real excited about your uh, uh, effort with Thor Sport Racing this year. Uh, wish it was a full-time ride for you, but uh, I think uh, 
it's great that it's a a part-time ride with uh, Grant Infinger, and uh, we look for you guys Mm -hmm. to go after that owner's championship this year and uh, compete for that. So, uh, and uh, we hope this isn't, we hope this isn't the last visit for this season. We'd love to talk to you again uh, as we uh, head yeah, down absolutely. the road here for the for the 2021 season. So, okay, sounds Kristen, great. Uh, thank you. Sounds great. Uh, I'm glad to hear you say that. And uh, good luck out there at uh, Vegas. Your next trip out. Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. Take care now. All right, that is uh, Christian Eckes with Thorsport Racing driving the number 98 and coming home with that top 10 finish in the in the uh, Camping World Truck Series uh, this past weekend on a road course. Uh, not the easiest thing to do, especially when you don't have a whole lot of road course experience, but he was able to maneuver through uh, everything that was going on on the track this past weekend to come home with that finish. So a lot to be said for that, Phil. Oh, yeah, there is a lot. I mean, that race was just something. I mean, I was like, wow, it was something else, you know, <laughs> to see, you know, all the everything that was going on, you know, not only in the front, but all, all around the track, you know, and, and yeah. to get that 10th place finish, you know, speaks you know a lot of you know of his the talent he has behind the wheel you know and and to be able to get through everything you know and then you know and like i said you know grab that that top 10 finish without a doubt now it was his teammate ben rhodes though what a year he's having so far in uh the camping world truck series this season it just might be his year uh ben rhodes won at the daytona season opener and then came back this week, Sal, and on the Daytona Road Course, won again. So he's two for two in the Camping World Truck Series this season. Uh, and so that is uh, pretty darned exciting. Uh, he uh, picked some stage points. He's got five playoff points already uh, in his number 99 uh, Sport Toyota. Uh, following behind him was Sheldon Creed in the number two, then we've got in third place, John Hunter Nemechek, Chuck Gilliland in fourth place. And how about it? Riley Erbst in the number 25 rounds out the top five there. So. Yeah, it was a, I'll tell you, John Hunter Nemechek, I think he had the oil, oil line, and then he had the run mm-hmm. out of gas, and he still came back. He was making a run, and I think he just finally – I don't know if it was tires or what happened, or he was just burned out or all that, you know, going through all, <laughs> passing all those drivers. But I'll tell you, he was he was really impressive. But, man, Sheldon Creed, really, that guy, he was on a mission, and he didn't care. He was going to do whatever he had to do to win that race. And I'm surprised he didn't win it. Ben Rhodes just, I mean, he when he checked out, he checked out. But when Sheldon was up in the front, when Sheldon checked out, Sheldon checked out. And, man, I'll, I'll tell you, Ben and Sheldon Scherzer put on a heck of a show, but John Hunter Emacek, to me, put on the the best show out there, you know, to come from nowhere, you know, to finish, you know, to pick up that third-place finish. Yes, indeed. In fact, he won the first stage of the race in the 24 truck. I'm going down the list here. Who was that 24 truck? Uh, The 24 truck won the second stage. That was uh, uh, Raphael Lassard. It was Lassard. Raphael Lassard, Lassard won that's it. right. 
Uh, yeah. Another driver that I'm anxious to see how his uh, season continues to progress, uh, Rafael Elisart uh, won that second stage, so that was pretty cool. It was a fifth win for Ben Rhodes, uh, and two of those just this season, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, the next five drivers were Matt Crafton, another Thorsport Racing uh, driver. Then Derek Krause came home in seventh. Cass Rowa uh, came home in eighth. Timmy Hill in ninth, and they just announced a new baby in the Hill family. And, of course, Christian Eckes, our guest uh, from earlier here, who rounds out the top ten. So uh, any additional thoughts there, Sal? Yeah, you know, it was it – was- it was, uh, I'll tell you, that top 10 was really something, you know, Kaz Grawling would get in there. Derek Krause was way in the back. I don't know how he came up to finish seventh, um, you know. But, um, you know, Matt Crafton, Matt Crafton was in there battling and, um, on that last restart. He he started making some moves, too, It's it's you know, and, you know, try to get in there, but just couldn't, you know, just couldn't find what he needed. But, yeah, it was a really good, um, it was a really good, uh, uh, race, you know, for being a road course, you know, and not having any practice, you know, and just getting out there and just doing what they had to do. But the one driver to really watch, I think this season is going to be the driver that finished in the 12th spot and then a number eight, and that's uh, Chandler Smith. And the truck, mm-hmm. the 18 truck, the Kyle, Kyle Busch Motorsports truck, I, I think Chandler Smith is really going to be one to, uh, to uh, oh, no, that, that's a Joe Gibbs, that's a Joe Gibbs racing truck. I'm sorry. Yeah. The number 18, Chandler Smith. It's the rookie season. He's going to be one to watch. Okay. Yeah, he definitely is. He, we know he's good on the shorter tracks, uh, but he's good. He's a quick study on these tracks for sure. You've got Carson Hosovar, another rookie. Uh, he finished in 14th place. And uh, Chandler was the highest finishing rookie of the race. Uh, Chase Purdy in uh, the number 26, no, Chase Purdy in the number 23. 29. Uh, he, 23 finished, yeah. he finished in 22nd place. And then you've got Haley Deegan. Uh, her finish didn't really, she did pretty good for most of the night. And then uh, Haley got caught up, I think, in, uh, no, she was still running. Uh, but she uh, finished in 28th place uh, on the night. There were, 10 caution flags for 20 laps in the race, and then nine uh, lead changes among just six drivers, including John Hunter Nemechek, Sheldon Creed, Raphael Osard, Riley Erbst up front for part of that race, uh, along with Stuart Friesen and Ben Rhodes, of course, the race winner. So um, uh, pretty pretty cool to see that uh, the Sunoco rookie of the race of course, with Chandler Smith with that uh, highest finish of the rookies. So, uh, pretty cool yeah, race it was for a, the uh, trucks. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was a really good race for the trucks. Uh, now, let's take a look at the driver points. Uh, again, two races in, Sal, for the driver points that we're going to go over here, if you want to go ahead and talk about that. Okay, I'm, I'm still trying to see how you maneuver around this this good thing that we have here. So if you go to stats, right? Um, just go to Jayski's or NASCAR. Yeah, I am there. Yeah. I'm oh, there. okay. 
Yeah, and I'm just looking at the series point standings. Uh, I can get it started while you kind of find that, but I'm just looking at the points. Uh, ben Rose, of course, leads the points. Oh, here He's it got is. Two starts and two wins. You got it. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so we got Ben Rhodes lead, leading the points. John Hunter Nemechek in second. Sheldon Creed third, and Chandler Smith. Wow, in fourth place. And Matt Crafton so far rounds out the top five. Uh, Chandler Smith was I was just mentioning earlier. I didn't know he had been, he was this high already up in the already sitting uh, fourth in the point standing. So, but Ben Rhodes, of course, with the back to back wins. Um, you know, he's, you know, he's got the, um, gosh, he's already got 10 playoff points too. So he's, he's already smoking only two weeks in. Um, and then from there, then we go down. <laughs> Sorry guys, I'm out of here, but I'm checking out. But anyways, um, and then six, we got Carson Hosovar, which is another rookie. Seventh, uh, Rafael Lassard. Eighth, Cody Roba, Ro- Ro- And ninth, Johnny Sauter. And um, tenth was Ryan Truex. You know, and, and it's funny because before the race started, I had heard a few people were talking about Johnny Sauter possibly being one of the one of the front runners, you know, to win at the road course this past weekend at um at, uh, at Daytona. So it wasn't his yeah. race. But uh, you know, it, it did. He did. Uh, he is going to, I think, do better in the Toyotas than what they they did in the Fords last year. Uh, it seems to suit those drivers' uh, driving style. I know Ben Rhodes likes the Toyotas a lot better. Uh, and uh, uh, it's really cool, Sal, to see, you know, last week at on the Daytona Speedway, uh, it, was an, it was a race of attrition as well, and we saw some new names up uh, at the top of the list there. And then the same thing happened this week with some new names up there. And when you look at the series point standings, it's great to see some of these newer names up there as well. But trust me, some of these veterans are going to, when we start getting to some of these other tracks, we're going to start seeing the veterans coming on. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just a matter of time, you know, especially with no practice. You know, all these all mm-hmm. the drivers you know, that race that race last year, you know, they're just going to, you know, they they have they 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 technically do have the edge over the you know over the like the rookies, but you know don't ever count some of these rookies out. Like I said, you know I think I think exactly. Chandler Smith is going to be the I think he's going to be the one rookie that this year I think he's going to turn a lot of heads this year. Yeah, and then you've got drivers like um, uh, Garrett Krause. This this is going to be his second full time year in the truck series. Zane Smith is coming back this year. Uh, some of these guys are, are in their sophomore year uh, this year. Haley Deegan is part of the, um, as we mentioned earlier, part of the rookies. It will be fun to keep an eye on her. Um, and Timothy Peters came back as one of the veterans uh, to be racing in the truck series. I'm excited about that as well. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know, um, you know, when, 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 when you look up and down the line, you know, the drivers that have come back, you know, Austin Hill, you know, gosh, he's had two bad weeks, mm-hmm. you know, Reese has seen him running up front. So he's another, he's another driver that, that we could possibly see, you know, you know, picking up a win or even, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, moving back up to where, you know, we're normally seeing him, but, you know, two weeks in, you know, two weeks at the same track, 
you know, one a super speedway, one a road course, you know, I know a lot of these drivers are not road course drivers. They'd rather have the ovals, but you know, mm-hmm. this, this is the, this is the deal that uh NASCAR dealt them, you know, you know, because of the, you know, I mean, they had to change it up, you know, and do something. So, well, you know, we'll, we'll see how the season ends, you know, and, and then, you know, you'll get more, um, more feedback from the drivers you know, on how they like, you know, having the road courses compared to having the, you know, the ovals out there. Yes, indeed. This is one of the biggest rookie fields we have this year in the truck series. Uh, you've got Chase Purdy. We're familiar with him from the uh, uh, ARCA and uh, Canon Pro Series. Haley Deegan uh, is also well, one of the rookies this season. Uh, then you've got um, Chase Purdy, Haley Deegan. I guess it's just the four of them, Carson Hosefire and Chandler Smith. For some reason, I thought it was a bigger group than that. It's just four drivers. So. Yeah, it's only four this year. Or yeah, this year it's four. But um, you know, it, it's going to be um. Of course, here it is. You know, it, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an uh, an interesting season because I'm sure we're going to see a lot of a lot of drivers. You know, you know, changing in and out. You know, like I'm sure we'll see. Uh, you know, more of like David Gilliland, you know, might even come and jump in the truck, you know, maybe for, uh, you know, for one of the other, mm-hmm. you know, one of the other races, since he did race um, Daytona, you know, there's a chance, you know, yeah, we'll see him, you know, maybe at a, at a mile and a half track, um, <clears throat> you know, uh, you just never know, you know, who's going to come back. Um, I think Lawless so Allen true. might have a, I think Lawless Allen might have a couple more might have a couple more truck starts this season. I talked to him at uh, Irondale, but he really didn't didn't say much. He knew about this one, so he might be around for a couple more of the um, a couple more of the road courses. Since last year, he raced full time in the Trans Am series, so they're thinking with the Trans Am experience because all that, that's just all road racing. You know that he'll have mm-hmm. a better chance of get you know getting a win. You know. You know when when the series you know hits the um, hits the uh, road courses. Very good, very good experience there. Okay, let's go ahead and move over, Sal, over to the Xfinity series. Uh, what an exciting race that was as well. Again, the Xfinity series on Daytona International Speedway's road course. Uh, it was the very first time that Ty Gibbs who faced in the Xfinity Series, and he did it on a road course in the number 54 uh, coming in as the winner, uh, becoming just the sixth driver in series to win in their very first start. He's also the third youngest driver in series series, series history uh, behind just Joey Logano and Chase Elliott. Austin Sendrick in the number 22 finished second after being involved in an early incident with number 16, A.J. Allmendinger, uh, the number 18 of Daniel Hemrick, the number 19 of Brandon Jones, and the number 10 of Jeff Burton rounds out the top five. Uh, any thoughts there on those drivers, Sal? Yeah, you know, was, this is technically should have been Austin Sendrick's race to lose, which basically it was. Um, you know, even 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 when he's missing part of his front fender, he still made it exciting. But man, that Ty Gibbs just—I mean, it was it was. <laughs> I guess they like they say, when it's your week, it's your week. You know, no matter what happens, you know, out there, you know, there's no one can do nothing to you possibly. 
you know, to mess up, you know, a, a weekend like he had. That last restart, you know, starting from way back, what, 10th, 11th, somewhere back there, 8th, you know, and made his way up real quick, you know, before the next caution flight came out. He looked out. like a pro. You know, yeah, that was, I mean, he went through the dirt. And when he went through the <laughs> dirt, I thought, there goes a spoiler. And all you see was a dirt cover his car, and then he drove right out of it. And he he's lucky he didn't mess a spoiler up when he went in there because most, most of the other drivers, they were getting in the dirt. You know, they were getting, um, you know, a lot of a lot of mud and stuff, you know, up in the grill, you know, and, and getting damaged. But, man, he went right through it and popped out and, and you know, came in and win the race. But, man, I'll tell you, Austin Sidrick sure did make, I mean, all those, all those, uh, all those restarts really made it for an exciting, you know, an exciting uh, race. Well, when you can come in as a rookie and beat drivers like Austin Sindrick and A.J. Allmendinger on a road course, that's a huge statement. And uh, that's exactly what Ty Gibbs did. Uh, let's go ahead and talk about the next five drivers uh, to complete the top ten. You had the number 20 of Harrison Burton, the number eight of Miguel Paluto, the number 68 of Brandon Brown. He continues to have those top ten finishes the number 11 of Justin Haley, and the number 51 of Jeremy Clements. I'm, I'm amazed at the number of teams, um, the smaller teams that are in that group, uh, not the big-time operations, but uh, and, and we've got a nice mix there, to say the least. But um, I thought it was also a lot of fun to see two Burtons back on the track. Oh, yeah. Yeah, your cousin, he was up there. <laughs> Didn't he lead a lap? I think he led a lap. Yeah, he did. Or he was I'm close. I'm sure he did. Yeah, he, I think he did lead a lap. I think I was watching. I'm like, wow, look at, look at him go. And then, but I mean, you know, to get a top five, I mean, that 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 that's huge for you know, you know that 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 was huge for uh for for Jeb, you know, to to get a lap, you know. Well, that's the why five. he was leading. Yeah, yeah, he like led you uh, said, two laps. Yep, yep. So I, I really thought he had a chance at maybe winning that race. But uh, his wins are going to come. I have no doubt about that. But I think it's it's such a great thing to see both of these guys, uh, and Jeb especially, to finally get that full-time ride with Colic Racing this year. I think it's going to be fantastic. We're going to be able to watch him all season long. And uh, I have no doubts that there's a win coming for Jeff Burton, as, as well as Harrison Burton. Uh, I expect both of those guys to be out there uh, uh, contending for wins. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we see Harrison in there. You know, it was, was kind of strange to go to the Derby this year and not see Harrison Burton out there at the Snowball Derby. He's there every year. And um, this first year he was, hasn't been there. And uh, it was kind of strange not to see him in, uh, in this 20 car out there. <laughs> yep. Now, uh, the 22 of Austin Sindrick won the first stage of the race, and it was the 54 of Ty Gibbs winning that second and third stage of the race. The margin of victory was 1.726 seconds, and uh, uh, there were seven caution flags for 14 laps, 11 lead changes among eight drivers, including Brett Moffat. Austin Sendrick, Almondinger, Harrison Burton, 
uh, of course, Ty Gibbs in that group, Greg Alding, Daniel Hemrick, Ryan Sieg, Jeb Burton, and uh, it was really good to see all of those guys uh, racing up front at some point during the race, and uh, I really look forward to the rest of this season. I, the Xfinity season uh, has just gotten better and better, I think, and and uh, I really look forward to these races now. Yeah, it has gotten a lot better as as the years go on, and um, you know, the racing has gotten really good. You know, and uh, you know, I think some of it is, you know, is a lot of these drivers, you know, they're not a, they're not getting the cup rides, so they're staying, you know, down in you know, instead of dropping back down in trucks, they're staying with the Xfinity series. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're seeing, you know, the racing that we're seeing. I mean, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, for, um, you know, drivers like, you know, Justin Allgaier, you know, Noah Gregson, you know, to get into the, you know, well, Noah started off three laps down to begin with. They had engine problems, car problems, you know, but mm-hmm. then once he got out there, he finally got back on the lead lap and they got caught up in the wreck. And the same thing with Justin Allgaier, you know, his teammate. But, um, you know, you look up and down the, up and down the field, you know, and it's it's going to be a good uh, it's going to be a good season this year. Yes, I think it is too, and and uh, they say this is where names are made. Uh, I agree with that. I think this is made here in the Xfinity series, and uh, I enjoy seeing some of the Cup drivers uh, come back to the Xfinity series and compete. Uh, I think they make it more exciting. And I think it's good for the drivers that are racing in that series as well uh, to be able to uh, race and compete. Uh, we've seen some of these one-car one teams uh, like Jeremy Clements and uh, Brandon Brown. Uh, they're right up there in the top ten. Uh, and if you look at the points, they're in the top ten in points as well. So I love seeing that. And it seems like at least after Daytona, uh, it, it's given us an opportunity to see things like that happen. So uh, I think that's all a positive. You want to go over the point standings, Sal? Yeah, let me uh, let me pull them up. Okay, driver points. Come on, driver points. Uh, we're looking at Austin Sidrick in first. Harrison Burton second, Daniel Hamrick in third, Brandon Brown in fourth, and Mayan Snyder, who didn't have that good of a finish at the road course, sitting in fifth place in points. Um, interesting, you know, while Austin, we, you know, had, you know, coming off of, you know, a couple good, couple good finishes. And, uh, you know, Harrison, we knew would, would, yeah, Harrison, we knew would be up there. Then here's Daniel Hamrick, you know, who raced with RCR, full-time last year, you know, who picked up a, you know, Xfinity ride this year, you know, sitting third in points. Um, and then from there, then we go to six is Jeb Burton, seventh, Jeremy Clements, eighth is Ty Gibbs, ninth is Justin Haley, and tenth is Brandon Jones. Just the one win that Ty Gibbs got, he's already sitting eighth in points, and we know he's not racing the whole season, so he'll eventually drop out of that eighth spot, but um, two weeks in, he's already sitting in, in, in you know, an eighth spot, thirty-one win and and uh, six playoff points. And of course, he's the top. He's a top rookie. Uh, so, besides, wow, this is this is not good. This is not good. 
There's only one other rookie in the series. Brian Vargas is the other rookie in yeah. the series. Uh, and I know Gosh. Ryan Vargas and and uh, Joe Graff Jr. had a little contest this weekend because both of them have uh, players from the NFL t- coming in to help sponsor their teams this year. And so uh, they put together a little competition to see who can finish higher than the other. And, of course, this week it was Joe Graff Jr. And uh, as you know, he's a regular on our show, Joe Graff Jr. Uh, How great is it to see him in 12th place after two races in the Xfinity Series this year? Yeah, you know, especially with the the problems he had last year, you know, especially towards the end Mm -hmm. of the season, you know. You know, it's like, you know, getting into wrecks, you know, and just, you know, different things that have happened. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, Ryan has a lot to to work on. Um, gosh, I mean, when your car isn't really a top 15 car, it's going to be hard to beat somebody like Joe Graff, who's already sitting 12th in points. Well, it certainly helps to have uh... – uh, these NFL guys coming into the doing a crossover with NASCAR and coming in and, and sponsoring uh, some of these lower funded teams. I think that's going to be a really positive thing uh, over the long haul, Sal, uh, to really help some yeah, of these lower is. funded it teams just, to be up there and compete. It's true, but you just wonder how long they're gonna how long they're gonna hang around because Ryan had picked up TikTok for for you know races for some races last year, thinking that TikTok was going to follow them into the season. And at the end of the season, they said, you know what, you know, we're basically, they're not even in the series anymore. You know, so, you know, you kind of wonder, you know, how, you know, how, I mean, it, it's great. Don't get me wrong. It's great. These NFL players, you know, you know, feel like they're part of NASCAR. It's just going to be curious to see how, you know, how it's all going to play out, you know, towards the end of the season. Yes, indeed. Um, and, and uh, I will say as well, uh, that Ryan Vargas uh, has been really instrumental in getting some of his sponsorships. Uh, he's a go-getter when it comes to that, and he's got some unique strategies that he puts in play to go after those uh, uh, sponsors. So you got to give him a little bit of kudos for that. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch this Xfinity series to the point that you were making earlier uh, that uh, uh, the Xfinity series really has become – uh, a fun series to watch. I look forward to seeing all of these guys race, and uh, I think we've got a lot to look forward to uh, this entire season. Uh, but let's go ahead and move over. I know we're a little ahead of schedule, but uh, I think that's going to be a good thing because we have our announcement to make tonight as well. Uh, let's go ahead and look at the Cup Series and uh, the O'Reilly Auto Parts uh 253 uh, that took place on the road course yesterday. Uh, Three Toyotas winning. Uh, Toyota has to be super happy because Ben Rhodes was in a Toyota, uh, Ty Gibbs in a Toyota, and now we've got Christopher Bell in the number 20 Toyota uh, coming home with a victory in the NASCAR Cup Series. He uh, it was the win was his first career win in the Cup Series. He took the lead from the number 22, Joey Logano, on the front set stretch chicane, coming to the white flag and pulled away to win by more than two seconds. Logano finished second, 
followed by the number 11 of Hamlin, the number one of Kurt Busch, and the number two of Kozlowski. Uh, following them are the number four of Harvick, the number 16 of Allmendinger, the number 34 of Michael McDowell, the Daytona 500 winner uh, in there, along with Ryan Priest in the number 37, and Alex Bowman in the number 48. Uh, Elliot uh, ended up with a bad day. Uh, he was a uh, in the lead for most of the race, but ended up finishing 21st after a late race spin. Uh, so uh, he ended up with that 21st place finish. Uh, I know he had to be disappointed. Oh, he was really disappointed. He was he was a class of the field, and it seemed like he was like his own worst enemy. He was just once he had the the, the bad couple spins, and you know then he he went back. I think that pit stop when he came in for that pit stop, you know, and you know mm-hmm. towards the end of the race, you know, to get the tires and, and get the fuel. I think that's when he um that's when the downfall that's when downfall yeah, started. Yeah, he started to spiral down that, he was, after that. Well, yeah, I I think what happened was he just got too too uh how do you say it too um um antsy, you know, and he was just trying to get up to the field too quick instead of just you know letting the race play out in front of him, and I think that's where he, mm-hmm. he made all his mistakes and ended up in the back, but um. Another one was Kurt Busch. That was, gosh, he was nowhere to be found. And he's another one that ended up, ended up you know, up there in, in the, you know, up there in the mix. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, um, gosh, who was it? I was thinking, oh, Kazlowski, too. That guy was in, he was spinning. He was in the cars. <laughs> he was in the wall. He was, the guy hit everything and finished six. But, yeah, but like you said, um, Chase Elliott just really had a, I mean, turned a, a picture perfect day into that last pit stop. Just couldn't. He just couldn't. Had had nothing. Pull out of it. But uh, the drivers that uh, ended up with a good race. What about Ryan Priest in ninth place? Uh, that's a great finish for him. Uh, and Christopher Bell winning that race. And winning against drivers like Denny Hamlin and Joey Logano and Kurt Busch, he had to beat some really good veteran drivers. The drivers behind him are Joey Logano, Hamlin, Kurt Busch, Brad Keselowski, Kevin Harvick, A.J. Allmendinger. He beat all of those guys uh, to win that race now. Yeah, his, you know, he was, you know, what, three or four laps to go in there and say, you know, Bell has a faster car than Logano, and um, boy, he just—he, I mean, he really put on a heck of a show, you know. And, and to get the win on a road course, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's not easy, you know, especially since no. he doesn't—he's not a—he doesn't have the road course experience like everyone else. He, this this kid comes from dirt, <laughs> you know. He comes from, he he comes from dirt like a pro. background. Oh yeah, he, he did. Like he, he looked like a pro. Yes. Oh, yes, he did. And uh, I'll tell you, it was, he, he put on one heck of a show. And then Michael McDowell to start the race, he was on the pole, and by they didn't even get to the first corner, he was already what last. Got shuffled but all the way to the back. And ended up in eighth. Yeah, but he ended up in eighth. But I mean, he got shuffled all the way to the back. 
two uh, rookies in this uh, particular series for the Cup Series this year. Uh, you've got uh, Anthony Alfredo. He finished 22nd. Uh, and uh, then you had um, Chase Briscoe. Chase he had Briscoe, a rough yeah. day. He had a rough day in the number 14 truck. He finished in 32nd place, uh, he, working without power steering at times. Uh, he, he really had a rough day. But these guys, uh, it, it was a fun race to watch. Uh, I was happy for uh, Christopher Bell to come home with that victory. Uh, Chase Elliott won the first stage. Jenny Hamlin won the second stage. Uh, the margin of victory was 2.119 seconds. Uh, and there were eight caution flags for 12 laps, 12 lead changes among seven drivers, including Chase Elliott, Christopher Bell, A.J. Allmendinger, Denny Hamlin, Daniel Suarez uh, led a couple laps, Kurt Busch, uh, uh, then C. Bell, Joey Legato, uh, and I think that's all of the drivers that uh, uh, led laps. Uh, Anthony Alfredo was the rookie of the race, and uh, Chase Elliott uh, had the pole uh, to get this race started. So uh, uh, some good good finishes in that uh, group of, of drivers. Yeah, it is. You know, and, and once again, you know, our rookie class for the Cup Series is only between two drivers, which is Chase Briscoe and uh, and Anthony Alfredo. You know, it's it's, gosh, where's all the rookies at? You know, where's the you know, four, five, six rookies you well, know, that, that we're you know, used to seeing. The stable's been full in the Cup Series as part of the challenge. Uh, we've got a full stable of drivers, and some of some really good drivers are uh, racing for affiliate teams this year. So there's just no room in the end. And that's why you've got drivers like Austin Sendrick staying back in the Xfinity Series for another season. Not that it's going to hurt him. I think it's only going to help him be that much better. Uh, he'll drive some select races in the Cup Series this year. Uh, but uh, uh, this has been this has been an interesting uh, thing that's been going on uh, with a lot of competitive drivers in in all of these series. Uh, and and Christian mentioned it in our conversation with him. It was intense last year. It's ratcheted up <laughs> this year, and I think that's true not just in the truck series but in all three series, and it's because you've got such intense uh, competitors, and, and the, comp- the drivers we have competing are all tough competitors. So uh, the, the competition level is very high in all three series. Yeah, it is. It's it's going to be, um, you know. I mean, basically, you know what? It's it's like, it's like why even have a rookie class this year in any of the series because there are no rookies. <laughs> well, you know, we've got a couple. I, I, I mean, there's. I mean, you got one. You got one rookie in the Xfinity series. You know, so basically, he's he's going to be rookie of the year. So, you know, all the predictions he made at the beginning of the year are going to come true because there's nobody else that he's running against. <laughs> You know, which, Nobody. which well, it wasn't that long ago that we had a slew of rookies in all three series. So those. Oh yeah, we had a whole bunch. Now, <laughs> we did. So there's been a yeah. big influx of those drivers within both of these series, and they're all tough competitors. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. Let's go ahead and cover the points here, Sal. Okay, so 
So in first place, we got uh, Danny Hamlin leading the, the series. Second is Joy Logano. Third is Kevin Harvick. Fourth is Christopher Bell. Fifth is Chase Elliott. And uh, that rounds out the top five. So um, looks look, looks like a pretty solid uh, pretty solid top five, you know, so far that you know that are there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, of course, you know we we can always expect Danny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick. I think to always be one of the top three. You know, as the season goes on, I'm sure we'll see other, um, you know, other drivers pull around. But then we go down to uh, sixth place. We see Michael McDowell. Seventh is Ryan Priest. Eighth is Kurt Busch. Ninth is Austin Dillon. And Brad Keselowski rounds up the top ten. So uh, there's Ryan yeah. Priest right there, you know, in the seventh spot, you know, which is good. McDowell's holding tough in the sixth spot. Yes, indeed. I think it's great to see some of these new names uh, in that top ten group. Uh, but I'm excited as well for the couple of names that are are uh, just below that top ten, Cole Custer in number 11 and Kyle Larson in number 12. Uh, I, I can't wait for the season to, to kind of get going. Uh, this next race, uh, I think, is going to be the most exciting race. They're going to be at Homestead this weekend, a 1.5-mile track. Uh, and I think uh, things are going to kind of settle into a different rhythm uh, now that we're at a 1.5-mile track. But a lot of road courses on the schedule this year, uh, so this could just be a preview of what we can expect for the rest of the season with these guys. Yeah, I'm sure it will. You know, and it's it's good to see. You know, even though it's we're only two races in, but you know, see Cole Custer up in the eleventh, you know, eleventh spot. You know, instead of down, you know, where he was last year, down at the the bottom of the heap. Um, but you know, like you know, like you said, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of a lot of it, you know, change around. You know, as the as we start getting into the into the mile and a half tracks, you know, the tracks that you know, they're more used to racing instead of these instead of these road courses. Yes, indeed. Uh, uh, we'll see uh, a lot of this uh, kind of settle out. Some of these names are probably going to stay up in that top 10. Uh, it's the top 16 that go into the playoffs for the last 10 races of the season. And uh, if you look down to the top 16, uh, you've got behind Cole Custer and Kyle Larson is Bubba Wallace, Martin Truex Jr., Corey LaJoy. How great is that? And uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Yeah, I mean that's true. And then on the outside looking in is Kyle Busch again. <laughs> I know, isn't that amazing? But, uh, yeah, he had he had a he had a tough run. He had a tough couple of weeks, you know, especially at the road course. He had a really tough run. So, you know, I'm sure we're going to see a lot more out of him as the season, you know, progresses. I, I know he he um, switched crew chiefs. You know, at the, yeah, at the end of the season, the you know, shore. there was a lot of, a lot of controversy, you know, between, you know, you know, both said back and forth, you know, about, you know, he didn't trust his crew chief wasn't doing the right thing. And of course you're going to hear, you know, it's going to be, everybody knows how Kyle is, how voiceless, voiceless he is, you know, especially when well, it, how critical he is, especially when it comes to, you know, who, who's running his, you know, his team. He went from, uh, Adam Stevens last year to Ben Bashore this year. And uh, by the way, Ben Bashore happens to be, I'm sorry, Adam Stevens happens to be uh, Christopher Bell's crew chief this year. So uh, 
uh, yeah, some interesting dynamics uh, kind of taking place there. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that continues to play out this season. Um, but uh, I just think uh, all three of these series are going to be uh, some fantastic racing all season long. In the uh, truck series, uh, the Xfinity series, and the Cup series uh, for for all of these teams. And uh, Sal, I see our guest. Uh, actually, that's not our guest. I thought it was, <laughs> but uh, uh, we've got an announcement that's going to be coming up here in just uh, a minute or so. I'll go ahead and start to get into it. Uh, we're expanding again, Sal, with our Fan for Racing team. And uh, we've got a new writer coming on board. He wrote an article for us last week about uh, Ty Gibbs making his Xfinity Series debut. And so we've asked him now to kind of come on board as part of our Fan for Racing crew. And uh, I'm happy to announce uh, that Tommy Kraft uh, is going to come on board as uh, one of our writers and he's expressed some interest in being part of the radio show from time to time as well and uh, subbing in that capacity this year as well. So, uh, first of all, I want to welcome Tommy Kraft uh, to our Fan for Racing crew and uh, to the show here tonight. Tommy, are you there? Uh, yes, thank you. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, we were just saying how happy we are to have you on board as uh, part of our Fan for Racing crew this season. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tommy. I know you come from North Carolina. Uh, who Give us a little bit of your background in, in NASCAR and who your favorite drivers are. Uh, yes, ma'am. I am from Scotland Neck, North Carolina, which is eastern North Carolina, kind of close to the Virginia border, not too far from Roanoke Rapids. Um, I have been watching NASCAR since uh, I can remember the, the late 90s. I mean, some of it I'm not going to remember because I was so young, but I know from my little diecast cars that it's been a long time. <laughs> um, but I'm super excited um, finally uh, be writing about something that I'm interested in and discussing it and everything. So I'm looking forward to this. Okay. And when you're not doing NASCAR rice writing or <laughs> viewing, if you're not okay. uh, watching the NASCAR races, what is it that you do? I'm an insurance agent uh, right now in Raleigh, North Carolina. And that's what I do Monday through Friday. Um, and I also enjoy the New England Patriots. So um, the fall gets rather interesting because I'm trying to watch football and NASCAR. So. Okay. Well, I'm going to Sal. Is are there any questions you have for uh, for uh, Tommy here? Or comments? No, just basically. Yeah, just basically welcome to the show, and you know, um, you know, hope you enjoy it, and uh, you know. The whole group is always here, you know, to help you out, you know, if you need anything. So, um, you know, all I can say is just buckle up, buckle up, pull, up, pull, pull <laughs> those seatbelts tight and pull those seatbelts tight and enjoy the ride. <laughs> yeah. I'm Miss Larry Max saying those. Thank you. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a fun group to be around. And, uh, 
um, you know, you'll kind of get used to it after a while. Yeah. Sal, tell them a little bit about yourself. Myself, man, I was born and raised in East L.A. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Probably me and Sharon, me and Sharon are what on our, how many years is this already? Oh, it's been a lot of years. I'd say we've been, actually, we've been friends for at least 20 years. So we've been doing the radio show since the end of uh, 2011. Yeah, it, it started. Okay. It started out that I, I it started out that I was a guest on her show, mm-hmm. and then, uh, and then I, I don't know, a month or something, two months later, she asked me if, if I wanted to help her out with it. So I figured, yeah, I'll help her out, you know, for the year, two years, and here we are, we're still going <laughs> strong, probably ten years now. But um, I started out as a as a writer too, NASCAR writer. Then I got into photography, so now I do NASCAR photography, um, uh, Supercross, NHRA, all kinds of different stuff. Um, I, I live out here in California, so uh, I'm out here like in the LA area. But um, you you can follow me on Facebook and uh, Instagram. You'll see a lot of my you'll see a lot of what I do and stuff like that. But um, it's basically it. I mean, I started out as a writer at Beecher Report and Fox Sports, and and that's where I met Sharon. And then, like like she said, from there we became friends, and uh, I was on her guest, and from there. It's been it's been a one heck of a ride, I'll tell you that. We've had a lot of guests, a lot of conversations, good and bad. <laughs> but but we always end up on the well, we always end up you know what is first and foremost is we look out for the for the website and for the show itself. So, you know, that's that's always our you know, always out on the forefront, the first thing that we think about. So but you'll enjoy it. Okay. All I can say is just, you know, that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all. Awesome. Okay, That's Sal. Really cool. uh, we're going to let Sal go because uh, he's ending his segment here with uh, the review part of the show. And then I'm going to introduce you to a couple of other guys uh, and uh, let you get to know them as well. So good night, Sal, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next uh, Monday night. All right. Good night, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. It was nice talking okay. to you. Okay, now uh, also joining us is the co-host for our NASCAR Hot Topics, Andy Lasky. Andy, uh, introduce yourself to uh, Tommy here. <laughs> well, first off, uh, Tommy, welcome, man. It's always fun having new crew members come on. You know, we started this thing. I didn't start the show with Sharon. I came in after <laughs> the fact, but kind of started small, and we've added people over the years, Sharon. I think you'll agree, you know, and it's always cool to have yep. new people, so really really happy to have you here with us um i work flying planes for a living but uh racing is for sure my number one hobby love it we live and breathe it we talk about it all the time and we debate it um sometimes friendly sometimes we get pretty passionate but that's the fun (laughs) part about it so um you know uh the reason we do this is because we love racing and you know the more people that do this the better so uh when sharon told us today that you were going to be involved it, it makes us happy so uh certainly glad you're here and uh you know um yeah looking forward to talking about racing with you this season should be fun yeah, okay, and then our is, co-host uh, on Thursday. I'm sorry, did you want to say something? Uh, uh, Tommy, I, just saying, I interrupted. That's okay. I was just saying it's awesome, uh, like hearing the stories. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay, next up we've got our co-host on Thursday night, uh, Jay Huseman. Uh, Jay, uh, it's your turn to introduce yourself to Tommy. Well, if you like stories, then he got a good one here. Uh, <laughs> retired air traffic <laughs> controller from the U.S. Air Force, and now I'm a race announcer. So if you hear somebody call me Big Mouth, don't don't worry about that. Uh, go by the nickname Big Mouth of the Mid South, and these guys will attest to you I live up to that. Andy kind of preluded. Uh, we do sometimes disagree and get passionate about what we're talking about. But at the end of the night, as Sal said, we're always friends, and it's all about the sport and the and the site here that Sharon has allowed us to be a part of, which has just been great. Well, I tell you what, guys, it is awesome, Tommy. I agree with you. These guys, this has been probably the strongest team I've had over the years uh, with Jay and Andy and Sal. Uh, they've been mainstays with me uh, for quite a few years now. And uh, we're just uh, tickled pink, if you will, to have you come on board and be a part of our fan for racing crew. And uh, Tommy's uh, agreed to stay on and and go through the Hot Topic Sound Off segment with us here. So uh, I don't know if you're ready for this, Tommy, or not, but uh, we're going to let you jump in with both feet here. Well, Sharon, Sharon, I got I got a question. Then I know you asked Sal if he had any questions. I I have one. We'll do the baptism by tri- by fire here. He didn't answer okay. who his favorite driver was, so I know how to deal with him. Oh. <laughs> uh, Chase Elliott, but it was Jeff Gordon until he retired. So and then okay, Chase me, me and you are going to be friends. Me, me and you are going to yeah. be friends. <laughs> Hendrick Motorsports. Yes. Andy, you have any questions for for uh this one is how long you been in the in, involved in racing or been interested in it? No. I've I so I was born in nineteen ninety five. I wanna say probably my first Jeff Gordon little die cast one sixty four car is came to see the numbers on the side of it because they're rubbed off. So that car was probably 96, 97, 98, somewhere in there. Like, it it amazes the older people because I can tell them that, like, when I started watching racing, Johnny Benson was still in the 26 car. And they're like, number one, just the fact that you know who Johnny Benson is is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how long I've been watching it and how long I've been interested in it. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit past that. I, it was 2001 for me. So, but but it was back when Johnny and uh, all those guys were still racing back then. So not not quite as long, but um, it's been 20 years for me. So it's uh, it's cool to see people that have been in it that long. Just you know, you talk about how the sports evolved all that time. So pretty awesome. Yeah, the thing about uh, Andy and I is that uh, he and I got to know each other by being Jeff Burton and Ward Burton fans. We go back quite a ways, don't we, Andy? Yeah, um, yeah, Burton was in the cat car, I think, when we first started talking about doing this. So it's been, yeah, probably, you know, seven, eight, maybe nine years, something like that, since we even started just doing this. But, um, yeah. But even before that, we were... Even before that, we were part of the forum, the Jeff Burton fan club forum as part of that group. That. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That was um, probably 2010, 2011, I think. 
Yeah. Uh, Miss Ward yep. Burton. But both of their sons are racing now, Jeb and Harrison. That's awesome. So that's what I like to see. Yeah, I like that too. Okay, guys, uh, let's go ahead and start into with our hot topics for tonight. And uh, Andy, I know you're co-host. Uh, let's let you go ahead and kick it off here. And uh, I told, I kind of gave uh, Tommy a little bit of how this goes, but uh, I'm going to let you guys choose the topics and uh, uh, kind of before we put him on the hot spot with the topic, and so he can kind of see how this works. Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first one comes out of this weekend. Seen some uh, chatter about whether or not NASCAR should implement local yellows. And I also want to uh, group in uh, whether or not a caution flag should come out uh, for a rain shower. So I guess that's certainly something that was debated pretty heavily yesterday and want everyone's thoughts on that. Okay, so Jay, we're going to let you uh, be the first responder on that particular topic. I'm with Andy there uh, in the in the message board there for this topic. I didn't even realize that they didn't do the um, corner yellows or, or however you want to call them, but uh, not a full course local. yellow. Local, there we go, local yellow. So that was kind of surprising to me. But I do understand Daytona, the road course that they've made within Daytona there is uh, still relatively new. I know we've run there a couple times now, um, but it is still relatively new. But I think it is also, and this is going to answer the other question of, of the rain coming out, NASCAR is always going to err on the side of safety and prevention of any uh, bad possibilities. So with the rain shower as well as then the, the non-local cautions, making it a full-course caution, until they're more familiar with the course, maybe they change that. I know back in the day at Sonoma and Watkins Glen, you certainly had that where you had the, just the local caution. Um, so maybe they do go to that down the road. But I think for this weekend and the way things were going, that they did what they felt was best for safety. Rain-wise, again, they, they have the rain tires, but they didn't have them on and, and ready for that. If they feel it was necessary to throw it, I, I wouldn't dispute that. Okay. Uh, and then I'll go ahead and go next, and then Tommy will let you go last on this one. Um, I do have some audio here. Uh, Scott Miller was on Curious XM NASCAR Radio, and he gave an explanation. Uh, he says the concept is a good idea, but why NASCAR doesn't use them. So let's go ahead and get his perspective on this, uh, and then we'll talk on the other side of it. Have some kind of flag stands in Sonoma and things that that do display um, local yellow flags. The course at Daytona really doesn't lend itself to that with all the the expanse and and the flag stands would be far far off of the off of the surface, so wouldn't really be too effective. But the one other thing about local yellows is if you'll notice how we officiate it, we'll give them an opportunity to get going again. We'll wait as long as we can, but we typically don't throw a full-course caution unless we know that we're going to have to dispatch equipment to either, you know, pick up the debris, clean up oil, or pull the car out of the tire barriers. And under no circumstance are we going to have a local yellow with, you know, our equipment and our personnel uh, out on the out on 
up, but honestly, concept is good, but in practice, I don't really think that it keeps us from throwing the full course caution hardly ever. Okay, so there you have it from Scott Miller, the director of competition, um, uh, giving his explanation, and it's pretty much along what you were saying, Jay. There's a safety issue uh, that's concerned there. Uh, but, Tommy, I'm, I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this. Well, the less yellows, the better, I think. They keep the race going and everything, but... um they're always going to sidle outside of safety from what I've seen. But uh, I watched the truck race and I missed the Xfinity race and I saw the, the cup race. Um, the truck race was interesting because I feel like if there was a truck stopped, they were going to throw the flag um, just when there was a vehicle stopped. But if it was just a spin out, then they would keep on going. And when I noticed, that's what I noticed in the cup race too. Like unless if there was a clear reason for them to throw the flag, like someone stopped, that was what they were doing. And then as for the rain one, I mean, they had to throw the caution. It was starting to rain and track was getting wet. And I kind of actually wanted to see them throw on the rain tires for those last 15 laps. So I'm glad that they kept the slips on because Christopher Bell called Joey. So that was awesome. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Andy, what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, Jay and I were talking about this. Um, for some reason, I thought that they used to do local yellows on road courses years ago, and, and maybe it was – I know Scott mentioned that they had the flags to end at Sonoma, which is probably where I saw this. Um, I, I didn't realize that the rules were, had changed to where it was either full course or nothing. So that I was – you know, so having – heard what Scott Miller had to say today after seeing the debate about this, it did make sense why um, they have the reasoning in place that they do. If there's a wreck and a car stopped and they have to dispatch either wreckers or, or safety equipment, then yeah, you got to, you got to throw the caution flag. So when I, when I heard what he had to say, it made sense. Um, I, I think that some of the questions yesterday were um, in particular, I think with the Corey of the joy wreck is he got his car going again and they still threw the yellow um, and I, I think that with there being more road course races that, you know, NASCAR will get better at figuring out when they really need to throw a caution and when they don't. So, you know, not to say they did a horrific job, they, they did, you know, they do the best they can all the time. It's just that, um, I think fans are kind of wondering what constitutes a full course caution and what doesn't because they can be timely and, um, you know, you're taking away from the green flag racing, like what Tommy said, you know, the, the less yellow flags, the better. So I'm on the same page as that. You you want to see uh, the racing play out. And even if there is a spin or, you know, a couple cars get tangled up, if they can drive away reasonably with no debris all over the racetrack, then you kind of want to see that race play out. So I think that, you know, with there being so many road course races now per season, I think that, you know, the officiating is going to get a lot better at determining what's really necessary, what's not. But the the rationale behind, um, you know, there not being local yellows, I, I think um, does make sense, you know, um, in terms of when there should or shouldn't be a caution flag. Um, and as far as the yellow for the rain, I'm a little bit torn on this one because I, as much as I'd like to see it, uh, be put in the team's hands as far as their decision making on whether or not they should take slicks or not, which to some degree I think is up to the teams. When when NASCAR declares a wet track, teams can say, 
whether or not they want to put um, wet, wet tires or slicks on. Um, I'm not exactly, I don't have the criteria right in front of me. I know there's certain wording that NASCAR uses and it, the tracks either dry or has been, I think, listed as wet. And then if it's full-blown rain, I, I think the rain tires might be required. But there is a, a, a certain condition where the track's damp like it was yesterday where they have that option. Um, so I, I want that to kind of be up to the teams because it's, it's a tr- strategic move uh, in terms of whether or not you put the slicks on. Um, you want that to always be up to the teams. But at the same time, like if the track's wet, you know, maybe maybe it doesn't hurt to just slow the field down and, and let them figure it out. So, um, you know, I think some of the some of the uh, issues that people had potentially were, you know, that it did affect the outcome of the race. The dominant car that was almost assuredly going to win the race didn't win the race because of that caution. But, you know, there was a, there wasn't a blatant rain shower. You could see it on the TV. And um, while the track looked dry in most areas, there was, uh, I think, one or two sections that was damp at least and at least warranted the slowdown long enough for teams to figure out what they wanted to do. So, you know, no matter what happens on the racetrack, you're going to see people debate it one side or the other. Um, you know, and a lot of a lot of that debating, I think, stems from whether or not their favorite driver won or didn't win. I know if you're a Chase Elliott fan, you're probably not too happy with that last caution, but uh, and that's understandable. But um, I guess the point, if I'm going to close the argument out, it's going to be that. You know, you can you can kind of see why they did what they did in terms of throwing the cautions yesterday, and I think that they'll get better at that as the time goes on. Okay, Jay, your your follow up thoughts? Yeah, Scott Miller definitely provided something there again uh, on it. when you talk about Sonoma or Watkins Glen or any other specifically designed road course track. You're set up for. The, the local cautions with, with flag stands or corner workers, as well as access roads on and off for both the cars to get off as well as the safety vehicles. With the Daytona road course, the Roval, and Indianapolis, uh, that's not as much the case. So that, that may come into play. Down the road, they may be able to develop that. As Andy said, it, this will evolve as we do more road courses. Um, but I think on these ones that are built inside of another track like that, we may never be able to have that, and you don't have that open accessibility that you do uh, versus a course that's within a race track and through the garage area and all that. So that comes into play. Uh, my understanding, though, of the, of the rule on the tires with that, either when NASCAR either starts the race or the rain comes and they deem the track wet, and I don't know if they mandate that you go to the wet tires but they are given that option one time. They, they, if it's in the race, they throw the caution. That's your option. Uh, like I said, I, I'm not 100% sure on if that first one is mandatory. As it dries, then, they are not going to throw another caution, but that is when it comes into the team's hands of choosing which tires they want to go to or at what point they want to go back to the slicks or stay on the wets. Uh, and having been to Road America and watched that one in the rain, I mean, that is some huge, huge strategy and factors that come into play as the track dries. Uh, that was back when, uh, I believe it was the one uh, race McDowell did win, and I'm trying to think who was in the 22 for Penske, uh, was on the slicks. The front car was still on the uh, the rain tires and happened to try and find the puddles because you got to keep them tires wet or they burn up. 
and and so a 20 22 24 second lead came down to like a few car lengths at the end in the last corner uh is how much of a difference that tire drop off makes so i'm with andy i like having the teams have that option and like i said i believe nascar will one time stop the race or start the race with a mandatory after that is on the or on the team's uh call yeah, I agree with you guys. I think that this is an evolution, uh, evolving thing that's happening with NASCAR on the road courses, and and I think they'll learn a lot this year with the number of road courses that we have on the schedule. Uh, and uh, I also agree with Tommy. I, I really thought they did a fairly good job with uh, calling the cautions when they were needed. If if there was a spin on the track. Uh, and the car was able to get off the track, uh, there was no need to really call, especially if there was no uh, debris or anything. But if a car was not able to get out of the off of the track and get out of the way or if there was debris on the track, then, of course, they had to call that. Um, but uh, I do think that uh, uh, Scott Miller gave us a really good explanation of why uh, they called it the way that they call it and why it's appropriate for NASCAR. But I do think that they will evolve as they uh, deal with more and more uh, uh, road course racing. And uh, we'll let uh, Tommy go next with his thoughts. Uh, I'll just add to it that the cautions also brought a different element too because the way they fail, it felt, I felt like every restart, somebody that was up there in the front was not in the front any longer and somebody that shouldn't have been in the front was in the front. Like Kurt Busch went from like last to first, Chase Elliott fell out, Kyle Larson fell out. So the cautions definitely made the race a little bit more interesting. I think that's, that's all I'll add to that. Okay. That's a good thought. Andy, you get the final word here. I think I'm good. I've covered it at least what I had to say, so uh should be all set on that one. Okay, Jay, you you take us into the next uh, hot topic. All right. Uh I'm gonna go with I know Mike or Mike and I kinda had most of the discussion on a different part of this, but we've had two first time winners already, and this is like I said, kind of a carryover. Michael McDowell and the front row motorsports team is in, Christopher Bell now in the number twenty which most likely was going to be anyway, if, even if we're on points. But with two winners, and I want to say one surprise winner and one maybe a little bit of a shock, but uh, especially this early, do we see where we might have 16 winners get into the playoffs uh, this year? We've come close. I think the most has been 14. Normally we're in the 10-12 area uh, at best. We've never seen the full field. I think one year maybe been 15. I'd have to go back and look at look at the stats, but we've never had the full field of race winners. So do we see that this year? I definitely think it's a possibility that we will see that this year. Uh, I love seeing what we've seen so far this season with uh, uh, Michael McDowell winning the Daytona 500 and Christopher Bell uh, in his sophomore season. You know, you've got the two extremes here. You've got Michael McDowell, who's been around for for a long time, almost 400 races in uh, to get his first victory. And then you've got Christopher Bell in his sophomore season uh, getting the victory. And uh, he had to beat some really good road course racers to get that victory. 
Uh, and what excites me most about that is is it almost seems like the way things are happening on the track right now, uh, there's a lot of intensity. We had Christian Eckes tell us last year it was intense. He said it's ramped up this year. And I would say that's probably the case in all three of these series. So uh, I think that it's uh, definitely a possibility that we will see 16 drivers all with victories in uh, possibly, well, definitely the Cup Series, but I think in all of these series because the competition is very tough in all three series. So that's my thoughts on it. I I, I love it. I think it's uh, all good. So, Tommy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think we'll definitely get close to 16 drivers winning. I think we'll still be in that area of about 12 drivers. Something tells me that Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin will catch back on here and start start dominating like they always do. But uh, I think there's definitely going to be some other first-time winners this year. Like, uh, I mean, a lot of people have chances like Matt Zabetadetta and Bubba Wallace and – there's there's just a lot of potential for more drivers to win this year, and I think that you see probably 12 to 14 for sure win, which that's going to be awesome because in the playoffs they're going to be – I mean, there's already drivers that are feeling the pressure to go out and be more competitive so that way they can go ahead and get locked in like Christopher Bell and Michael McDowell. So I think it makes it way more competitive for sure. Okay, Andy, your thoughts? Oh, I think it's 100% a possibility that we see uh, at least 16. And I'm even going to predict right now that uh, we could see more winners than playoff spots. I mean, I know it seems ambitious to think that, but um, we're already off and running with, you know, some, I, I mean, I'm not sure anyone could have said two weeks ago that Michael McDowell and Christopher Bell would win the first two races of the year. Um, so, you know, with that being said, I think it, it has set the tone for this 2021 season to be pretty wide open, more so than we've seen in the last few years. And, um, you know, I think with that, too, I think that there's some teams that um, may get better as the season goes on, and, and you could see some winners, especially with all these road courses and the Bristol Dirt Race being a bunch of wild cards, as well as the super speedways. Um, you could easily see – you you're not accustomed to seeing um so i'm gonna i, I kind of have this thought that we may actually see you know more winners than playoff spots and then i guess it becomes a tiebreaker on points at that point so um something we've never seen before in the playoffs but i just think that the schedule is as diverse as it's ever been and i think it lends itself to more winners throughout the season and and like i said i, I think that there's you know guys like cole custer that in his sophomore season that I think can can win some more races. One, he got in the playoffs last year, but I, I think, you know, you're, you're going to see some guys like, like I said, Custer and Reddick and, and some of these other guys that are going to be more competitive and win races. Um, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think there's just so many really good drivers and really good teams that um, it makes it, it makes it such that um, pointing your way in is going to become, pretty difficult to do in fact i just think this year you're going to have to win i think you to get in these playoffs okay jay i'm curious to know your thoughts 
Gonna gonna throw a little bit of a bold prediction here. Uh, it's definitely a possibility. His name got mentioned there. Tyler Reddick runs really well at Homestead, which is our next event for the Cup Series. Three first-time winners in a row to start the season. I mean, that would just be phenomenal. I know I've seen some uh, advertisements, uh, NASCAR pushing this as the best best season ever. I kind of wondered whether or not they should put that kind of uh, tagline out there prior to a season, considering some of the great seasons we've had. But the way this has started, if we were to see that a third time, first time winner to start the first three races of the season, I, I don't see how you could argue it anymore. Um, but I think, I think there are, you mentioned uh, Tyler Reddick, Matt DiBenedetto, Bubba Wallace. These guys are on that verge. And I think it, even if we don't get the full field at 16, I think the interesting thing is going to be to see then we know the pack that is normally in that range fighting for the playoff spot, spots on points might see some bigger names, uh, or I want to say bigger names, some teams we're not used to custom if we see them winning multiple races. So uh, mm-hmm. I think the shift in names there that are in that 12th to 16th spot fighting for points or those final positions could change. I mean, we look at Kyle Busch, he didn't win until uh, what point at the end of the season last year. If that's the case again this year, you know, we saw that, that he was up there in points but didn't have the win. And if that's the case, if we fill up a lot more on winners, you could see Kyle bouncing around that, that 12th to 16th spot. Okay. Yeah, I agree with uh, everything you guys are saying. Uh, I do feel like uh, when we saw Christopher Bell win on the road course, that guy looked like a pro. <laughs> he looked like a pro, and he beat some really good road course drivers. Uh, I I really think we're going to see more and more uh, first-name drivers. So I don't have a whole lot to add there, but I do have to do, do my announcement. Uh, at this time of the show, we make an announcement, especially for those people that might be listening for the first time. And uh, that is to say that we are going to go off the air at exactly 10.30 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, that uh, only means that we're going to continue to record the rest of our conversation here. And those people who listen to our podcast uh, we'll be able to hear the rest of the conversation. For those of you that listened up to this point, all you have to do, I'll go out on Twitter to let everybody know that the podcast is now available. Just fast forward to that two-hour mark, and you'll be able to hear the rest of the conversation uh, at that point. So uh, uh, we just like to let people know, just in case there's any first-time listeners out there and you hear us go off the air in mid-sentence, uh, just know that the rest of that conversation is going to be available on the podcast. So um, with that, Tommy, uh, what are your additional thoughts? Uh, well, Christopher Bell was going to be one of the ones that I thought was going to win a race this year anyway. My <laughs> My date that I had circled was Bristol, the dirt race, because he's really good at dirt. But um, he went ahead and nabbed the one to start off with. So, <laughs> uh, But um, I don't have anything else to add, really. I mean, there's going to be some new winners this year for sure. Uh, Tyler Reddick, I kind of forgot about him. But, yeah, he'll definitely be up there if his car's not on fire. <laughs> and, Andy, thank you for the reminder. I appreciate it. It's your turn to go next. Yeah, no no problem. Between 
between us all, we we get done what we need to there. But um, yeah, I, I think for me this one uh, was really eye opening in a good way, and and that's Ty Gibbs uh, makes his first career start, not just in the Xfinity series, but his first career National Series start, and he wins the race. Big deal there. What do you guys think about that, Jay? Jay, your follow-up comments? Did we lose, Jay? It looks like he's still here. (laughs) Um, I hope we didn't lose Jay because then it's hard for him to get back in if that happens. Uh, Can you guys all hear me? I was just fighting. I was just fighting with my mute button there. Trust me, I was talking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, go ahead, Jay. we won't repeat any of the words I said while I was on mute and couldn't get it un- undone, but <laughs> <laughs> no, the, uh, I think this season and the Xfinity, I think uh, we're also looking there. The trucks is always that way with the new drivers coming in. Uh, we saw that already with, with Andy mentioned Ty Gibbs. Uh, I know he's not eligible for the playoffs, but just to see different drivers winning, we've seen that over the past couple of years, a couple of teams, and there you had last year the teams uh, that made it in, Brandon Brown, uh, Brown coming to mind. Uh, I think he's run good in the first two races, up as top five, I believe, in points uh, so far this year, that when you see these teams, when they get to that level, start winning. And, you know, we've seen that with front row motorsports. Ryan Priest, JTG Dotery, uh, have a great start to the season. Uh, another one that's in the top ten. Uh, you know, I don't... <sighs> Seen a couple of races where he was a top five. Bristol, not only on the dirt, but uh, I've seen him run, have some good runs there on the short track. So that's another name that maybe you're not thinking about yet, but is on the verge, always right on that verge of having those breakout seasons. So we'll have to see what other drivers have that. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Not that I'm not always excited about the race season, but to see it start like this and the possibilities that could lead to, uh, and, and it's going to amp up for those guys that are used to winning all these races, uh, like Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin, Chase Elliott, uh, stepping up their game and getting, a, like you said, that intensity level just going to go through the roof. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, and Andy, I'll go ahead and uh, respond to your question about Ty Gibbs. He was another one. I, you know, I was really impressed. Uh, with how well he ran and was able to, uh, he made some amazing saves and everything else. Uh, he's going to be one to watch uh, for the ages, I think, and uh, uh, really impressive run for his very first time racing in the Xfinity Series. Uh, a, a fantastic driver. Uh, impressed with both him and Christopher Bell and, and how well they did. Uh, I'm going to go ahead now and bring up the next hot topic, and Tom, you can respond to Andy's question as part of your response as well. But the next hot topic that I'm going to bring up here has to do with, uh, it was announced today that Chip Ganassi received a fine of $30,000 uh, for bringing uh, uh, non-essential person into a restricted area at NASCAR. And, uh, you know, with the COVID uh, pandemic and everything, NASCAR is being extra cautious here, I'm sure. But uh, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts off uh, that fine. Uh, too high, too low, 
what are your thoughts about uh, what happened there with Chip Ganassi this weekend? Uh, Tommy, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, I'll comment on Ty first. Um, uh, I didn't watch the Xfinity race. I kind of wish I did now, but um, I was I was somewhere else at the time. But um, I can't believe he won. I I had uh, I was monitoring it because I wrote the article on him, and <laughs> I pulled my phone out and was looking at stage two and saw that he was in like second or third. I was like, dang, he's actually got a chance. And then I pulled out my phone like an hour later, and he was the winner of the race. So I was like, okay. So I got home, watched the replay, and saw him driving through the grass and everything. I was like, geez, this guy must have wanted to really kind of bad. <laughs> but uh, that's that's awesome. Um, I'm glad to see him win on his first try. Joe Gibbs was there. That was really cool, um, the coach. So that was just that was just awesome. And I saw him race at Kentucky last year in the ARCA race. And I knew then that he was, he was going to be, he was going to be good. Cause everybody says, you know, well, Joe Gibbs has good equipment, but you still have to drive it to victory lane. And he's done that a couple of times. So um, as for Chip Ganassi though, I'm kind of surprised that the fine wasn't more just because I feel like this is the first violation and you would have thought, I mean, the NFL goes all out when they suspend and do stuff like that. So I guess NASCAR is a little bit different, and um, I'm just surprised that it wasn't a little bit harsher. But, I mean, him just missing one race, I guess that seems seems fair. I mean, the cars are still competing, so I don't really see what how it's really going to affect anything. Maybe the drivers will go out and race harder to get a win for him since he's out. <laughs> That's a good start. Andy, your thoughts? on Ty Gibbs really quick. Um, you know, obviously prior to this race, uh, didn't really know a lot about him or, or really paid attention much, um, you know, to what he did. Although I remember his first career arc of Menards East win was at New Hampshire a couple of years ago. Cause I, I did see that one. Um, but I just want to take a look at the fact that, you know, he jumps in an Xfinity car for the first time wins, for the first time and does so on a road course. Um, that's pretty eye-opening talent-wise, for sure. Um, you don't really see drivers do that very often. So whether or not he's tied to Joe Gibbs as a family member, the kid has immense talent in order to be able to do that. So um, his future has to be pretty bright, I think, at this point. Um, you know, I'm not sure what his, his plans are for this year other than I think uh, Arca and limited Xfinity starts, but um, you know you got to think that a full-time Xfinity car is in his future for possibly next year. But um, that that that's an amazing feat, in my opinion, to be able to do that. Um, and you don't see a lot of drivers do that. So you know, certainly congratulations to him, and uh, certainly someone you're going to have to deal with, I think, in the years to come. Um, and then as far as the breaking of the COVID protocol procedures. I mean, to me, it's kind of a slap on the wrist um, in this day and age where uh, you see federal mandates and, you know, all kinds of restrictions. And so, you know, I don't know that $30,000 in a one-race suspension for a team owner is really anything, but at least they did something, I guess. Um, you know, it's uh, kind of is what it is, and I guess they'll move on from it. Okay, Jay, your 
Well, I think we're kind of all of in, in agreement there. Uh, I, I know I saw some people responding to this of $30,000 saying that's not much money, that they'd more than, be more than willing to take it. But to these team owners, it, it's really not. And, you know, we talked about this when they were finding $25,000, $30,000 for a fine on the track. Um, it's really not. And Ganassi, with the amount of stuff he has going on and teams that he has going on, he misses uh, races quite a bit anyway uh, dealing with other teams. So it's not like that's a loss to the team itself. Uh, the, and, the, again, the 30000 I I don't feel like, a, like you, Andy said, I think slap on the wrist. It, I expected more, especially since NASCAR set the standard of coming back and how to go about with the protocol and everything for for sports, that they certainly would be the one leading the way with this of not following it as well, and I don't think they do. I think the NFL was much more uh, a harsh when it comes to that of not following a protocol. So that was a little bit shocking to me. Uh, and as Tommy mentioned, it is the first time normally that's, you know, again, you want to set the standard of we're not going to tolerate this. We're going to make it hurt, you know, make it suffer. I hate to see it as much as I would hate to see it had they put it against the team and points for the team that was involved, I could see that because that would get their attention. And now you got sponsors attention be like, Hey, why are we further down in points? And you know, not going to make the playoffs. Um, hopefully it doesn't get to that. Uh, I think I, as I put it in the, uh, in the chats, uh, you give an inch, they're going to take a mile. So, you know, if they're like, uh, oh, it's 30,000 or, you know, one race suspension for the team owner who may not be there anyway, I think you're setting a, a dangerous line there. Yeah, I um, I agree with what everybody said. I was kind of surprised. I saw some people thinking that it was a little high, and other people, like you said, thought it was low. But I'm in agreement with you guys. I, I kind of would have expected it to have been higher. I, I hope we don't get to the point that they start taking points, especially for this particular situation. From From what I could kind of tell, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it sounded like it was maybe a, 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 a girlfriend or something that he brought into the into the pit area there. Um, and I would hate to see the team being fined for something like that. But at the same time, I say that, but at the same time, I agree that when you put protocols in place, you put them in place for a reason. And in this case, it's to protect all the other competitors it's to protect the members on your team. Um, it's to protect everybody. And uh, when you kind of blithely uh, uh, you go about following those protocols with that kind of blitheness, uh, it it uh, it uh, is a little frustrating, I'm sure, for other people who are looking uh, for all the protocols to be put into place. There were a few people that I saw that didn't quite understand and were frustrated that he was even fined at all. They felt like he shouldn't have been fined. Uh, but I think for the most part, most people understood uh, that there was a reason why NASCAR had to kind of step in and, and make a statement here. And, and hopefully it won't go any further, but we know that uh, within NASCAR, sometimes things get pushed to the edge and people have to test where that edge is. Uh, I hope they don't do that in this case. I, I hope that uh, this pretty much says it and everybody understands the need to follow the protocols. So, Tommy, what's your follow-up on this one? 
uh, yeah, just just still surprised that it's not like the NFL does it. And it, since it was the first one, you'd suspect them to do a little bit more. But um, I mean, but then again, him only missing one race and him being back out there, I guess, benefits his team. So um, maybe it'll keep it interesting since they didn't suspend him that long. And as you said, I didn't even really think that they would dock points like that. But even if they do start docking points like that, if it comes to that, that also adds an element of surprise to the championship and everything. So it'll be interesting either way. Okay, Andy, your follow-up? Uh, I think I'm all good on this one. Okay, Jay, your follow-up. Yeah, I, I would hate to. I'm with you, Sharon. I, I would hate to see it come to, a, you know, you want to see a championship of, of drivers determined on the track via racing. Uh, but I also understand, that, like I said, NASCAR's in a position where they set the standard and they need to enforce it. Um, if they were to go that direction, I, I would hate to see it, and I'm not con- in, encouraging them to go that direction. I could see that because, again, this is very serious to them. I mean, there's tracks we can't even get into and get fans into to begin with, and this is going to kind of hamper that. So I could see where they'd say, hey, we're going to take it this serious that we will you know, dock points uh, from the team if this continues. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to kind of see what happens. Uh, I don't really have anything much more to say on the topic, so, Tommy, we're going to go to you for the next topic. Okay. Let's do uh, I don't. I don't have anything else to add to the, uh, to that, to the uh, Chip Ganassi. Okay. Okay. Is there a new hot topic you'd like for us to discuss? Um, how about how about this one, the Joey Logano Brad Keselowski deal? Are they are they uh, <laughs> are they going to continue to feud all season, or is this one uh, taken care of? Uh, well, Roger Pinsky or. Tim Sendrick will whip them back into shape before that happens. But uh, when they go back to a restrictor plate race, uh, it'll it'll be back on <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, just because both of them are both of them aren't going to change their racing styles, and I don't understand why Brad's really mad at Joey for throwing a block. I mean, because Brad would have done the same thing. So I don't really don't really get what the what they're arguing with each other about because that's how both of them race. Okay, Andy. Just. Oh, did you have something else, Tommy? No, that was it. That's fine. Okay, Andy. Well, it's just it's just like like Tommy said. You know, I I think that as a team owner, uh, you know, Team Penske can't really let a feud like that go on for long. You know, certainly some tension. And apparently, they weren't on speaking terms following the 500. But um, you know, their teammates. And they're expected to work together, and I think any team owner would expect that they'll work out their differences, which it sounds as if they have. Um, you know, whether we see more issues down the road, hard to say. I know that I think, you know, there's been a little bit of tension stemming from last season's crew chief changes. Um, you know, and I think that potentially that 
that tension has spilled over into this season and, and certainly with that block and subsequent wreck in the 500, um, you know, it led to some frustration, but um, I, I think that, you know, they'll get it sorted out and, and I would, I would anticipate that they'll, uh, they'll work together as teammates for, you know, the remainder of the season. But like I said, you know, you know, given that there's existing frustrations there, even though it's subsided for now, who knows if something else will, will bring that out. But um, uh, I, I'd like to think that, you know, this isn't some ongoing feud that we're going to see become a big deal, I don't think. Okay, Jay, your thoughts. All right, Tommy, this is this is where you see us disagree on something. Uh, <laughs> I think there is something there. Uh, and we've seen it in a couple a couple of series, uh, and as well as in history. Uh, go back to when Penske hired Joey Logano. It was Brad Keselowski that was actually one of the loudest uh, voices there that said, "Hey, this is who I want as a teammate." Okay. Now you come in. Since then, Joey has won a championship. When they changed up crew chiefs, Brad wasn't particularly happy about that. The way that shuffled out. Uh, they got through it. Everybody was still winning. Uh, winning cures everything, as they say. But all teams have to be winning then, or, or you know. And, and it does come down to that. The good thing is, is that's how competitive they are and how intense they are, which is a good thing. And they don't necessarily have to be best of friends. Uh, you know, it is a, a three, in the Penske's case, it's a three-car team uh, with the addition of the partnership with the Wood Brothers but you do expect at least a little bit more respect amongst the teammates. Uh, I believe it was Jamie McMurray on, on race hub said that, you know, he could care less if they hate each other, you know, if they're out there racing each <laughs> other and, and getting wins, uh, so be it. Um, you know, you do have to show some type. And he said, he thinks that the, the manufacturer team battles has actually become more of a thing than within the team. Uh, the other one I wanted to compare it to, though, and, and not trying to start nothing, but we look at Martin Truex was with Furniture Row and getting Joe Gibbs equipment and and kicking their butts and won a championship. There was some discussion there from the Joe Gibbs teams of, hey, you know, what what's going on? Truex moves into the camp. Kyle Busch goes winless uh, uh, on a winless streak. He did pick up a win. They make some crew chief changes. He made some comments about he feels he was fired from that team or the team didn't want him no more. You know, there's that little bit of dissension there there too. So we see that in any multi-car team that has multiple um, top drivers. And, and I believe the reference went as back, far back as uh, Robert Yates, uh, back before they became a two-car team. He said, when Victory Lane has room for two cars, then I'll go to a two-car team. <laughs> I thought that was a great quote to bring back. I hadn't heard in a while. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I think yeah, there, I'm going to play some audio here in a minute. But, uh, they say that they've had a what they call a quote-unquote healthy conversation and that all is good for now. Uh, but I kind of think that uh, Tommy kind of hit the nail on the head. Wait till the next Super Speedway race, and they're racing each other again. Uh, it could be right back where it was. But I think there is 
uh, to Jay's point as well, I think there's some underlying uh, tension. It started out, as you said, with Brad Keselowski saying, yeah, I think it would be great to bring Joey Logano over. And then Joey Logano took his crew chief and (laughs) beat him on the racetrack and won a championship. And uh, you can kind of appreciate where, where Brad Keselowski might be coming from. But uh, I think personality has something to do with this as well. Joey Logano just seems to have that positive personality where Joey Logano, or I'm sorry, uh, Brad Keselowski tends to, to hit on that negative sometimes. So I'm going to play the audio. Both of the drivers are talking here, and they're talking about the conversation that they had in their way. And, uh, you might hear a brief commercial in the beginning. I'm going to try to end it as soon as I can so you can hear uh, what each of the drivers have to say about that conversation. Let's see if I can get it going. Let, let me skip it. <laughs> yeah, we're fine. We had a, a good conversation. Um, you know, everything I hoped it would be. Um, very honest and open. And, um, you know, I think uh, today we were around each other a little bit and we were each other fine. So um, I, I think, you know, everything's going to be good moving forward. So it's a healthy conversation. Uh, probably glad we waited a few days to cool our jets. Um, but it ended up, you know, being a productive conversation. I don't really think that what happened at Daytona, the big track, has anything to do with most of the rest of the season. You know, there's speedway races over their own animals, and uh, there's something to be uh, learned from last weekend, and, and hopefully we'll learn it. Okay, so there you have it from both of those guys. Um, and uh, like I say, I, I think a lot of it is just personality stuff uh, that we we get from the two drivers. Uh, but I agree with Tommy. If it happens again on the super speedway, they're going to be back. Um, so, Tommy, what are your what's your follow up thought? Uh, just the same. They'll they'll be fine. They're teammates, and they've been teammates for however long. And if it, like I said, if it gets any worse, Roger Penske will put an end to that. So, um, but. Yeah, but the gloves will be off again at uh, Talladega because that'll be the next one. So, and that's going to be very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Andy, your follow-up. Well, the only the only other thing you can add to it too is uh, I don't think Joey's going to just stop his blocking ways, um, and that includes any that includes against his own teammate Brad Keselowski. So, you know. While I think, like I said, the team probably will do its best to defuse the situation, um, you know, you, there's no reason to think you may or may not see more incidents in the future, too. And, and you know, certainly Talladega would come to mind later this spring. Um, I guess it just makes us um, have something to look forward to because, uh, you know, that, that could get potentially interesting. But I, I do think that... that it would, you know, it's probably in the team's best interest to sit them down or have a team meeting or whatever the case may be, and just say, "Look, guys, you know, we've got a common goal here, and that's, you know, to do what's best interest for that team." And 
you know, hopefully that's what they do. But, you know, it seems like there is some tension and frustration there. And, you know, it seems like that could easily just rear its head at any time. Okay, Jay, your follow-up. Well, I think right now these guys are trying are, are playing the political game of saying what's right on camera uh, and whatnot. But I, I still think there's some some more there. And, and I'll throw in too of Brad is still on a on, on a one year contract. Uh, we kind of actually <laughs> a lot of us expected he, he might already be gone last year, moving over to Hendrick Motorsports. He's still on a one year contract. Bowman is on a one year. That's still a possibility, and there, there's always the option of other teams. The other thing I want to say here is you guys are you guys are pushing this off to Talladega. We got more short tracks coming up, which both Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski run good on. Road courses, we have multiple this year. They're going to be around each other, and Brad has never won on a road course, so that's always a factor. He wants to check that box. So I don't know if we're going to have to wait to Talladega to see this uh, rear up again. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be right about that, Jay. Um, we'll have to see how this does play out. I, I do, I I do think, uh, you know, to bring the to just elaborate on the personality part of this, and and I say this with the understanding that Brad was on the negative side of what happened at Daytona, while Joey was on the it didn't hurt him as bad. Um, he went uh, to Victory Lane to congratulate the winner of that race and was happy for Michael McDowell winning that race. And Brad Keselowski had a hard time dealing with everything and literally shut down and didn't want to talk to anybody. So um, I do think that at some point, um, I understand the frustration. I'm not going to downplay the frustration because if I was in his shoes, I'd be just as frustrated. But uh, at some point, you you got to agree that, and I think in most cases, people have agreed that when it comes down to that last lap, uh, just about anything goes anymore. <laughs> uh, and it's, it's however you can get there is you're going to do whatever you can do. So at some point, Brad's going to have to accept that. Uh, and he's going to have to, you know, he talks about racing other drivers the way they race him. I'm sure we're going to see him do that this year. So, and Joey Logano is going to be uh, raced really, really hard. So we'll see how it all plays out. We're at the top of the hour, and uh, that means it's time for us to do our roundtable. And, Jay, we'll start with you, uh, and Andy will go to you next, and then Tom. So, Jay? All right, you follow me on uh, – Michael Hoosman on Facebook under my name, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, getting ready to uh, here in next month. I just got the schedule out. Head to your Capital City Raceway, Jackson Motor Speedway, starting here in mid-March to the end of March is when we'll kick off down there. Hopefully get to uh, attend a few NASCAR races here throughout this season as well and do some articles there for uh, for Fan for Racing. And I got a question, uh, Sharon, Tommy, uh, whether or not he wants to be part of the fantasy group. Yeah, I hadn't even uh, had a chance to ask him about that. But uh, okay. Okay. We, we, we have a fantasy group where we do race picks every week. And uh, you missed a couple of races here. Uh, but if you want to join us, uh, I know Jay does a good job of kind of 
kind of setting the record evens it out, in other words, <laughs> for people who are coming in late. So, Tommy, if you want to join, that would be great. I'm interested, yes. That would be awesome. I'm already playing Clint Boyer's Fox games on Sunday, so <laughs> bet, bet to win Clint's money. I'm already doing that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Andy, uh, we'll go to you next for the round table. Yeah, for me, um, it's uh, CB14Fan on Twitter. That's where I do my social media stuff. And the good news is, um, having maybe missed a couple weeks of the fantasy points, it doesn't mean anyone's out of it by any means. Uh, the points fluctuate quite a bit throughout the season. So um be pretty easy for anyone to get back into it. And we just do it for fun. There's no high stakes or anything involved. But it's for bragging rights mostly. And a lot of us do a lot of bragging and only one person actually wins the deal. <laughs> so it's it's for fun, and we have a good time with it. Okay. And, Tom, if you want to give us your social media handles and uh, any what your next article might be and any of that stuff. Okay. Well, I do have social media, but I don't really tweet about NASCAR or anything like that yet. So give me some time to work on that, and I'll – I'll change my accounts around so that way they're more NASCAR oriented. But uh, um, I just got added to Fans for Racing today, so uh, stay on the lookout for my articles because I plan on writing quite a bit. Or that's the goal anyway for me. That's my goal. Okay, we'll definitely look forward to that, Tommy. Uh, I am Banff Racing Site on Twitter, Banff Racing Blog and Radio, everywhere else on social media, and, of course, our BanffRacing.com website. Uh, we had a great conversation with Christian Eckes earlier in the show. I really encourage everybody, if you haven't already listened to that, to go back and listen to uh, the conversation that we had with Christian Eckes from Thor Sport Racing. Uh, he talks about his next races that are coming up and uh, his thoughts about racing on the road course at Daytona uh, So and, and sharing the ride with Grant Infinger this season. So, uh, I, I thought it was a great conversation and encourage everybody to listen in. Um, this Thursday, uh, Jay and I will be doing the preview show starting at uh, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. And our guest on Thursday night is Daniel Dye with the ARCA East Series, and he drives for Ben Kennedy Racing in the number 43. He's going to help us preview the ARCA East race that's going to be taking place at Five Flags Speedway on Saturday so uh, definitely looking forward to uh, talking with Daniel Dye this Thursday. And, um, uh, of course, I always like to do a big shout-out to all of our listeners uh, for tuning in. We appreciate your time taking the time to hear what we have to say. And a big shout-out to our Fan for Racing crew. Uh, I appreciate each and every one of the guys that are on the team here. We've got Sam, who does the recap for the cup race. We've got... Owen, I'm sure he's working on the uh, power ranking for this week, and I hope he continues the winners and losers. Uh, I really enjoy uh, hearing what he has to say about that. And uh, he's got a cash or pass piece that he does too. If you're a betting person, he tells you who to cash in on and who to take a pass on. So uh, look for that hopefully this week as well. And... uh, 
so uh, I really appreciate everybody and everything that they do. Mike's not here tonight. I don't think he's going to be back on Thursday night. Are you going to be able to, would you be able to join us Thursday night for a hot topic, Tommy? Uh, yes, I can, I can do it all Thursday as well. Okay, so we'll have our full compliment on Thursday night, I think. Um, and uh, we'll we'll have another hot topic session starting at 10 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, with that, guys, I think we're ready to say good night. All right, have a good night. All right. All right, well, welcome me. to the show, Tommy, and uh, hopefully I uh, get to hear more from you here this Thursday as well for hot topics. So good to have you on board. Yes, thank you all so much. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to you all. Yes, Tommy, we're very happy to have you on board. And and uh, I don't know if you've been into our team area yet, but uh, uh, if there's anything I can do to help you out there, let me know. Okay, thank you. <laughs> happy okay, to be a good part. night, everybody. Well, we're happy to have you. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.